Well, we're live, and as we're talking, it's all good. Welcome to the Unrestricted Paranormal Show. Uh, you guys have got to be sick of seeing me because I've done back-to-back three shows recently. And uh, you're hearing the audio adventure, but we're live right here on the Unrestricted uh, Paranormal page on YouTube. So uh, those of you tuning in, if you know people who are, are watching, go tell their friends and neighbors, people you don't even like, you know, might, might repair bridges. Uh, you know, tell them to come on over and give us a listen. We've got a special guest with us tonight. We've been trying to put this together for a while. Uh, this young man has been doing some great work. His group's been doing some great work. I'm one of these guys, I think, that when I, I come across someone on the net and they've been at a place that I am familiar with or I, I'm the guy that's been working at for, you know, 15, 16 years, I've been at this a while. And sometimes I respond with interesting or I say certain things uh, in comments, you know, to some of these people doing these productions. And I'm always worried that they're going to take it the wrong way. You know, I, I go back and look at my my comment or my response to something. And, uh, you know, I am always worried. I'm always worried that I'm offending because the last thing I want to do is say anything that would offend someone when they've put in a hard day's night, so to speak, or a hard day's worth of work. But uh, we've got Ben uh, Goldman with us from Afterlife Road Productions. Those of you who are aware of his YouTube, I am aware of his YouTube channel. Um, they're, they're traveling to cemeteries and haunts and all sorts of crazy things. And um, I, I kind of fell into this uh, weird, I won't say love, but in this weird place of, uh, welcome to the show, Ben, by the way. I know I'm talking Thanks. as if he's not Thanks. in the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried you're going to say something about like Afterlife Row that will like offend me or, or something. Oh, like no, 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 no. I I have nothing but five <laughs> stars, <laughs> 10 stars, you know, if, no, five stars, Ben. Absolutely. Um, I've seen other younger people over the years. You know, I, yeah. I, I started, you know, doing this with a group in about 2000, well, 2006 is when I had a friend and we really jumped into this. Um, I'd have stuff happen to me all my life. But as far as really getting somebody with me to go out and corroborate things I'm seeing and picking up and hearing, that's where we started. But but YouTube was this new thing that didn't happen for quite a few years. And when it did, I saw young kids and a bunch of young people like yourself who were going after the urban legends and they were traveling around parts of Michigan that I've been there, done that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were good. And some of them were just like, this is a flash in a pan thing. You know, they would, they would last about a year or two. And then I, I they, you know, everybody would go off and do their life and then just kind of lost its fervor. Hopefully that does not happen with you folks. So what I'm trying to say by going around the block yeah. as I, as I always do is that I have nothing but good things to say about what you guys are doing. No, I um, think uh, I think Road has some staying power. Um, oh yeah, I'm not going away anytime soon. So. No, no, you've grown a fan base, yeah. you know, and and I'm one of these We've guys that been at it for. I mean, I already graduated last May. Um, everyone else on naturally Road Crew, called the little Road Crew we got going on, uh, they're all graduating this year. So uh, we already put in what five years coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've been yeah, at it so for a while, right? You you put you, you spend five years doing something. You don't just stop overnight. So yeah, you take at least love. five years to wind off. But I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I I, I would hope you wouldn't <laughs> step away. Depending on whatever careers uh, some of you are going into, you know, I I had a full time career, uh, you know, in corporate security, and I was working 70, 80 hours a week, and I was still, we were still doing content. So I, I would think that we, you know, uh, six to well. Seven to nine years ago, you know, we peaked. We we went on 
the internet TV thing was new. So we went on people's TV network and we were doing YouTube. So like you, we were content providers. And then we found out that we could do live shows, you know, on the net, which some people are still doing. And uh, we were peaking, man. And I loved it. I loved every minute. We didn't give a crap about the numbers. The only reason I think that we did such a success as we were was because it was fun. We were having fun at what we were doing. We weren't taking it so serious that we had to, you know, always, we had a commitment, but we didn't have, always have to worry about that part, right? We didn't care about the numbers. We weren't trying to get ratings. We just provided stories and content about our stupid adventures and our crazy adventures. You get it. That's what you're doing. Yeah, we're just having fun. Right. Um, yeah. So tell everybody, we'll go back five years. Okay. Okay. Tell, maybe you're sitting around a table. I don't know. At a hookah joint. I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, tell us how you got together with this group of friends of yours. Yeah. Um, and you decided to make this production and you were going to go out and look into paranormal and, you know, creepy things and, and abandoned places. What, what started this conversation? Right. Um, well, yeah, it was five years ago. It's easy for me to go back because it feels like five weeks ago. Like, College flies by. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started at, uh, oh, shoot, I was getting mixed up. This These live streams, like, flip the mirror image. So I'm, like, I always get confused on these StreamYard things. Um, but I go to MSU, or I went to MSU, and I go in uh, as a freshman, and they have those big, um, like, uh, meet and greet for all the clubs on campus for freshmen during the orientation week. Yeah. Which means that you probably met my friend, Danielle Lukens, who is one of the people there that does your, when you come there as a freshman, she's the person that's introducing you guys. I'm sure you met Danielle. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And I, we were just going around in this crowded uh, hockey arena, just learning about clubs and, you know, just the typical, mm -hmm. there was like ultimate Frisbee. There was uh, the debate club, all that. And then someone with a, in one of those like ghost sheet costumes slips me a index card. The last one they had, I'm like, paranormal club. Okay. And you know, I'd, I'd always like like horror movies and uh, like mysteries and stuff. So it's like, right. I'll go to this paranormal club. How, how big can it be? You know, like it's my third day on campus, I'm not looking to do anything crazy. I just want to go to a chill little club. I'm like, ah, I won't be the first one there. Maybe I'll get there five minutes late. I walk in, eight or nine minutes late. Can't even enter the room. The room is packed. It's a 30-person classroom, and there's probably 150 people in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, MSU Crazy. has a huge paranormal club. Um, mm -hmm. It's massive, like over 100 people uh, until the first investigation. Then they go on the first investigation. They go to like a big cemetery, you know, a place where you can easily easily divide up a hundred people into small groups, like ten, and not have any contamination. Right. And after the first investigation, it scares off the people that don't actually. Yeah, want to it, it weans it weans a lot of people it out. Weans yeah. out a lot of people, and yeah. then there's like forty or fifty people, but still, that's a lot of people for a like student-run club. Oh, brother, don't you for know it? I got a story, but yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Like that's shocking. So I, I never came to Minnesota again because there's a 30 people classroom and then right. there's like 100 person. So um, started off in the club and I was a journalism and documentary film uh, major. So 
that first investigation, we went to a place that I actually had been to uh, in the past. And, you know, a couple people that I was closest friends with, I was like, hey, let's go back during the day. You know, we were kind of filming a little bit. How about we go back during the day and I can make a little video about this. Let's get some B-roll of like, it, it was this park and out in the woods. Like, let's get some cool shots of the woods. Maybe we can do our own daytime investigation, just the four of us that we can cut between just because, you know, we can control the audio better. We can get some cool shots that I maybe right. couldn't get with a huge group of 100 people. And we made a video. Turned out to be like a two-part video because YouTube has this weird thing where like when you first start a channel, you can only make yeah. like a 10-minute video. So it was like two parts. And... I was like, it's kind of stupid to have a YouTube channel for just two videos. How about we do a third video? So there's this like haunted dorm on my campus, supposedly. So mm -hmm. we just filmed a little video about that, maybe three minutes long. Like, uh, in order to investigate it, we had to have like MSU staff chaperone, and I was like, that that's stupid. So we only filmed for like maybe five minutes. Was time. that was that the ladies' dorm? Uh, yeah, the Mary Mary. Yeah. The Mary Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And then so I posted that. And then people around campus really like that video. Uh, I, would, I would be like in a lecture hall. And they're like, you're the Mary Mayo guy. They, they didn't even know what the video was about. I'm like, oh, the, the goat. They're like, it's haunted? I'm like, you watched the video. You know, I'm the Mary Mayo guy. They're like, oh, I just saw you in the thumbnail. But um, so that started after Life Road. And I was like, it was just uh, the couple people I was closest friends with in the Paranormal Club. This big, huge club of like hundreds of people. And the you know, five or six people over time that just kind of, we stuck together and we were sort of an offshoot of the big club, um, us doing our, cause a big club trying to coordinate investigations with like 50 people. Right. Maybe the club did one or two investigations a year. It was mainly discussing like paranormal topics and whatnot. So the five or six of us, you know, with my journalism, like education and stuff, I can easily get us into places like, just, and that's that's the thing know. to yeah that's the thing to yeah, yeah that's, so, that's one of the tricks correct right um i won't and, say tricks and, i didn't mean you say trick it's well, not a trick no, but it is I mean, a, I mean, it's an easy shoe-in to use we, yes we had this um student card i could call it the student card that that yep. was a big trick yep um now that i'm graduated i can't use the student card but um well so, see you got to make up one for your network man and just present right. it like you know i'm a right. big I mean, thing I on the net I'm, I can still use my student email. Like right, they're, right. They're still in school. Um, but yeah, between being a student and like, here's the thing, like paranormal, it's all about like, to me at least, like engaging with history and preserving that and talking about it. It is. You'd be surprised yeah. how many places like have open arms. So, like we don't really care about the paranormal stuff, but if a couple college kids want to respect our history and engage with it and tell their friends about it, yeah, they can spend an hour here after hours. Um, amount of places that kind of saw that angle and and appreciated what we're doing in, in that front, bringing um, the history sort of to our demographic and and making it so that we engage right. with it and and continue discussing it. And that's excellent. And it's that's yeah. that's and again, I don't mean to use the word trick. I need to use better words here. Uh, because I tell people I've been doing that the same thing. That's how I got into Henderson initially. That's how I got into the state theater. All these historical places that groups were not traditionally, people weren't giving them time today to go in. And there have been people doing this longer than me at that time. 
but you use the same thing and I do too. I tell them, listen, I'm, I'm here to uphold the integrity and the history of your site as number one. I want people to learn about the history and the people that were here. And then if I happen to pick up some evidence then we can kind of share a nice little ghost uh, angle, you know, a story to it. And, and I've hooked you, I've hooked you on history, man. You now, now we can move on to the next one. And I still use that. That's not a secret, not a trade secret. You know, I tell people yeah. that would, would watch this program or hear us, you know, on the audio part of the program that uh, that's how you do it, man. And, but b- please be honest and earnest in what you're trying to do too. If you're going to use that to get into a place, you know? Oh, I, I never use it to get into a place. That's just always the sort of lens. Cause I mean, I'm sure it's the door know. opener. It's the door. I, opener. I, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't believe in ghosts. Um, yep. Yep. You're so, the skeptic. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the skeptic on, in, in, in the group. So for me, I, I'm never going there to see an apparition. I mean, that would be great. Like I want to see an apparition. Right. Um, you're going there to film the history. Because yeah. it's, it's cool. And right. uh, the paranormal to me is like the best lens to learn history. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I'm agree very upfront about like that's not we're not making a historical video, um, right? When we go there, but to me, but, that's that's what I get out of it. Yeah, but little do you know that you're not, I, right. But like, Ben, little do you know you're 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 creating you know that visual that visual record. You right. know, it's always going to be here unless YouTube burns overnight or something and everything is lost. Uh, God forbid. But you know, you are. I would have to tell you that you are preserving it historically by giving visual record of a right. lot of places and, and what the places represent. And maybe you've, you've done some places that aren't there anymore. I know I've taken photos and pictures. I, I'm kind of in the same neighborhood. I'm involved in paranormal differently than you are, but I, I'm also still a healthy skeptic on a lot of things too. But uh, I would tell you that I produced a book, which I got to rework called Dead Places. And my goal was was to take photos of places I encountered on my road trips and there would be abandoned farms, abandoned businesses, and nobody had knew what it was. Nobody had a history on them. They're just, they're derelicts. They're just sitting there. And I would add creepy little things to them, you know, to entice you to have your mind wander while you're looking at this photo. And it's, it's just to be a, you know, a coffee table book. But in the same sense, I realized I'm saving history because this may be gone in a year. And a lot of them that I took in this, this book, they're gone. They're, they've, you wouldn't even know anything was there. Does that make sense? It's kind of like aligns with what you're doing too. Yeah, I think the best example that's, I mean, I don't think I've been to a place like that that like legit doesn't exist. But the closest thing was we were exploring this um, library, and um, it was the hundred year anniversary of it being built, and. You know, we were trying it. This was like one of the very first indoor locations we went to. Um, we spent like the first year only doing outdoor, like cemeteries, just things that are accessible near outdoor us. Outdoor venues, yeah. Um, I think we went to every single cemetery in the greater Lansing area. Um, most of it, like not on camera. Um, so once we built up that sort of back catalog, we could like show a, a resume or a sample reel and get into these indoor locations. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the first ones we went to, I think the very first one, was this library. So we were trying all these things that we couldn't necessarily do um, in an outdoor location. Like one of the big reports was like objects would move, like pens. Or they would set a pen down and it would be across the room. So we started off the investigation putting these pens. Uh, we brought like a pack of like 10 or so. And we would just stick them all around the library with cameras on them. And then if they moved, that would be cool. 
So one pen got knocked over and the camera was having like weird issues. We didn't capture it on camera, but we heard it right. move right. and we saw it knocked over. And that whole area gave us kind of the, the creeps. So we go and we look where we put the pen. It was on this like plaque. So we're asking the library staff member who asked to join us on the investigation because she was too scared to be alone at the front desk. <laughs> I find after, that a lot, but yeah. After yeah. hours. Um, and then she was like, I, I'll even be on camera. I don't care. I want to be on camera. Anything to distract me from being here at night. And we're like, okay. So we're like, what's this plaque that we set the um, pen on? And she's like, that's not a plaque. That's a time capsule. And turns out they put this time capsule uh, in the ground a hundred years ago when they built the library. And then they just took it back out, uh, you know, for the hundred year celebration. Yeah. And they just screwed it back in the night before because they had plans the day after our investigation and put it back in the ground. Literally it was only in that spot for that like 48 hour span because they screw the bolts in. It was just resting in the, in the back storage room and they're going to put it back in the ground the next day. Right. And then she was like, I can unscrew it for you right now for your investigative. If you want to get some shots We're like, you can, you can do that. And then she brings out a screwdriver, <laughs> she unscrews it. And she's like, Oh, this is old silk. When the library used to be a silk mill here, hold the silk. And we're like, we're the last people to see this for a hundred years. Yeah. That's fantastic. And as soon as she opened that time capsule, the whole library changed, man. It was oh well, yeah, that creepy AF. Yep. Like it was uh, so much. Not a lot happened to me. Well, actually, that's a lie. One of two times I've ever heard a disembodied. Actually, maybe three. I've only heard a disembodied voice like two, maybe three times. Like that, that few. Like if I actually think about it, maybe I can think of three times, but I can only think right off the top of my head two times. There was. A woman talking like in and you and we were you like, heard it yeah we were three we were three stories up all the windows were closed we mm -hmm. heard a woman talking like a full for like 10 seconds and we caught it and the only woman was librarian right behind us and she didn't hear it yeah and, and i as a guy as i said i'm a skeptic too even though i'm a believer it's hard to for people to yes i think grasp that sometimes just because of my background and what i did you know for a living right. Um, but I ask you as a skeptic because I, I got Shane Feek in my group and he's still skeptical, but he's an, he's our engineer physicist and he's built some new things, but he has experiences like that too. And then I ask him, I said, so what does the skeptic in you tell you when you know you're the only person in here and we've crossed the T's and dotted the I's, it, what's your first thought? I mean, you're excited. I can tell that you were excited by that, but my, my question to you is like, what do you, what do you think it is as a skeptic? Well, let me tell you this. If, okay, I was excited because I knew the librarian was behind us. Mm -hmm. If she wasn't behind us, I would be concerned someone broke in the building. Correct. Since I knew that wasn't an option, since it was secured and the librarian was with us, she didn't hear it. That's the part that weirded me out. Because then the whole rest of the night, I'm like, Cause you know, I'm just filming on my camera. Yeah. We were kind of like in between, like going to different rooms. So we were, I wasn't like trying to film, film anything really. We didn't really have any uh, equipment out or anything. 
So I wasn't even confident we caught it because we heard it for like 10 seconds. And like the first half of it was us just sort of like stop talking, looking at each other, being like, wait, we're hearing something. Let's be quiet. And then just hoping the last like three or four seconds were caught. And which exactly. It was. But she said she didn't hear it. So I'm like, okay, it was in my head. I made it all up. And then another two people with me, they're like, we all made it up at the same time. Come on, Ben. I'm like, yeah, that mass hysteria theory is yet to be yeah. proven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I blame hallucinations sometimes, but having a shared hallucination with multiple people, that's where it gets sort of complicated. So, my next thought was there was a computer over there. Maybe someone was playing on the computer. Surely. The computer yeah. was, then we went over because one of the reports was the computer returned on and off by itself. So she wanted us, the young kids, to check out the computer because, you know, young kids are always know everything about technology. Yeah, you got to check it out. She wanted us yeah. to right. um, see if there's something wrong with their computer, and she had to turn it on, which meant it was off during that time. So my next thought was the windows are open because there were windows, but then windows were shut and didn't hear anything the rest of the night. And we were three stories up, so noise would have had to travel. So yep. all these things I thought about. And then... You know, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, it was nothing. Like, maybe it was like a mouse or something. We just, our ears interpreted. And and that's a fair explanation yeah. because I, I've told people before that you can have, you know, pests in the building right. and they will move in such a way and at a distance, your ear yeah. and your brain will perceive that it might sound like talking. Exactly. Or and music. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of different things that goes on with the brain. Right. Correct. Right. Then I heard the audio. <laughs> so, see me smiling then, yeah I, so then my thought was this will make for a good video yeah and i left it at that yeah <laughs> you, you did everything you're supposed to do man right you know you uh as i said when the way i operate and, and meeting drew and coming on board with the guys you know doing the things that they do they all got their own system they got you know doing what they're doing man <laughs> I, I came on as as this new guy, and uh, I don't know where I got the whole mentor thing. I, that's something Drew kind of threw me into, only because I was offering up what you're offering up is like, guys, we need to pull the reins back a bit. Got to start debunking more stuff when you encounter it. I, I know they hate hearing it. I know pa Tommy probably hates hearing that sometimes because I've debunked one of his things, and we're not going to say that here on the air. But the, the fact is, I try to check everything. I want all possibilities wiped out first before I start saying, man, but you know, here's the recording. Here's what we got. So you, you're, you're operating exactly. And I give you props for that. Um, that's still how I operate. I, I don't think I assume automatically that it's a ghost or you, you summon Tommy though. Look at you. You summon the man. I don't know. I don't know. Um, hi, hi Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> hi Tommy. I gotta turn on my chat because I hi, Tommy will uh will come for us. He's like nice mustache. Yeah, I was digging your mustache, man. He's got the he's got the stash going on. He should be selling cars. <laughs> no, okay. Ben, we just met, we became friends. Don't take anything I I say oh, serious. No. Take it with a grain of salt, buddy. No, I'm just trying to I, I think you did I think you did well. I mean that a hundred percent. You know, that's that's right. how you should operate. And I think oh, yeah. going forward with what you say as a skeptic is true. You know, I mean I I can collect as, as much EVP evidence as I can. I mean, 287 investigations. It's nuts. So and I have hundreds, I have hundreds and hundreds of EVPs. A lot of them we have debunked. 
you know, because as I said, there could be animals, there could be pests in the place. I'm screaming at the TV shows constantly, Ben. Oh, yeah. I, even I've been watching them from day one, and, and even the, the good guys that I like to watch, there's times I'm like, yeah, you guys aren't taking extra steps to show the audience that you are checking out, especially when they're outdoors. They're like, did you hear that? You know, it's like, yeah, there's animals. There's 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 living animals out here in the trees, you guys. Right. You know, it's just, I it, mean, it's a, yeah. My thing is, if you went to film school, like some of these people did, you should know what causes an orb. But like, that's a you know, that's a controversy. I tell you, I I'm glad you, man, you're bringing up good segues. <laughs> I got to have you on the show more. That's I'm a person. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm that's a person from journalism school. <laughs> well, and I took photography for four years, black and white photography. Still got camera equipment, still have my stuff. So, I also, when I buy a camera. Um, I go to the manufacturer uh, either online or I read the instruction booklet, which will also give people insights as to what causes a lot of these things that you're catching on your cameras. And so I operate as you do on that theory, you know, being, being a, a photographer myself. The one thing I really get a little perturbed with, I think, and it's not so much a bitch, but it's like, you know, if you're going to take photos with your phone too, please be aware that that's going to create all sorts of things with orbs and dust and, and bugs and moisture, mustache hairs. I mean, 15 to 25 foot is now the new rule that anything that that flash lights up, you know, when that flash goes off, obviously you, you could get anomalies. Exactly. Obvious. And, and exactly what you hit on the, the flash, right? Right. Right. So the first rule, like anyone would tell you is like, don't use a external light. Don't use light, minimize light. Then what really trips me up, what angers me is people, Oh, I was using night vision. There's no lights. So I'm like, this. You're using an infrared light. Like, how do you think it's you're seeing in the dark? Yeah, it's not There's in our lights. spectrum, but it's, it's <laughs> right, a, right. There's the light screen. source. Yeah, that's a light. Like <laughs> that's you went a light, to film man. school. You went to film school. Don't say you're using night vision. That's not a light. Like, do you... <laughs> yeah, because there's no such <laughs> thing as a, a, they have a floodlight on their camera, and they're saying oh, yeah. they're using a light because they're using night vision. Oh man, brother, don't get me a floodlight. Uh, an infrared floodlight on their camera. I don't don't, don't so get me started. They bought don't a get me started. You don't know that's a light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me started, Ben. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm the same way. I'm trying to take a lot of precautions. You know, when we do still photography and or film, you know, digital film or or regular film, eight mil, thirty five mil, whatever it is. I used to use a thirty five millimeter camera, oh, awesome. and rule of thumb was is I had an SLR SLR flash that wasn't attached to the camera, but I had a handheld for a for a while. And it was helping, you know, I could, I could film in the rain and not get any raindrops, uh, take photos, you know, and there's a trick to adjusting your light apertures, all sorts of things that you and I know about. Right. So, you know, trying to explain this to the public who were sending me orb photos constantly, I still get them. I ask a lot of very important questions, you know, like weather conditions, where you're at, is there a register near you? Is there a fan blowing overhead fan? You know, what's the dust content? Can you can you take a picture of the room with the lights on so I can see just how clean or, or dirty it might be? And, and to tell people that there's no such thing as a sterile environment, uh, unless you're inside a, a, a hospital room that is hermetically sealed, it, you're going to get dust and you're going to get debris pictures. Now, I don't think every one of them that I have caught, to be honest with you, um, has been an explainable event. I oh, have, I, I have few of them that I, I, you know, I'm not prepared to call them a ghost. Um, there's men who have been at this longer than me, Ben, who will give you, 
you know, their explanations up, upside one and the other. And, and I love hearing those because they're sharing experience and I have some, I got to tell you, man, coming out of a wall, uh, they're blinking. They go in and out of my investigators on purpose, not to touch anybody. Uh, and we're in seven degree weather. I might throw that in there too. Right. We're in a basement and there's snow outside. There's no bugs in this house. It's winter and it goes up a set of steps. Um, I've seen them come out of tables, uh, went by two of my cameras, which were back to back. Just sharing some experience with you, Ben. I know the show's about you, but I just want to share it with you. Oh, no, it's your show. Make it all about you. If you but, it, but it's, okay. but it's, I had cameras back to back and it came out of a table and I have two, uh, meters on each end of this long table in this winery in Howell, Michigan. It's the Howell winery. Uh, John and Sandy Vitel uh, own this. And as we're watching, we later review, we see it come out of the table. It has that blinking. It's a perfect sphere. I mean, perfect. Uh, as it comes out of the table, my EMF meter goes off, catch that on this camera. As it shoots by the second camera, that EMF meter goes off and then it takes a hard right and goes into a brick wall. And I tell everybody, it's like, you know, I'm not prepared to tell you that's dust, uh, to make a 90 degree turn. Uh, something intelligent is obviously at work here. Now, could it have been a bug maybe, but normally when I've captured bugs on our infrared cameras, uh, anything else that we're filming with, they, they don't always have a straight pattern. You know, it's an erratic flight pattern. They tend to move around and, and you know what I mean? There's a movement yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and you know, being in film, uh, that that's just normally what you're catching the bugs. This didn't okay. do that. This was just a perfect, and I mean, like, as if it was on a wire. So that's just examples, but I'm with you. I think yeah. about 90% of what people are catching is just crap. Yeah, and, and I always and, preface it. Like, I always say, like, just because I haven't seen an orb like this, like when, when they yeah. show me something that's clearly not a ghost, <clears throat> I'll say that just because I haven't seen an orb like that that is paranormal doesn't mean one can't exist. Right. Like, right. I'm I'm 23 years old. What do I know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know a lot. I, I would yeah, give you. I would I give know, you benefit like, of the doubt. I think that the you're the fact that a 23 year old. 23 year old knows all the answers and knows everything that exists. Like there's could be something out there that I don't know. And that's fine. But right, right. like based on all, like everything I've seen, every orb I've seen like that one is not a ghost. Right. And right. here's all the reasons why. And, and it's, I'm, I'm giving you props. Yeah. I, it's a good thing to say. I, I like to hear you say that because you've got vast years to catch up on and, and experience is a good learner. Humility is a good learner. You know, I was naysaying a lot of things in paranormal Ben when I, I got started in this, you know, about the touching and people being pushed and all this. And I was like, you know, really, I was like, come on guys. Yeah. I can believe a lot of things and I've seen things all my life, but it's not happened to me. And I've been in all these places. It's like, you know, I didn't say BS. I just said, I'm just not a believer until well, it happens to me. I, right. I, until it happens to me, I can't, yeah. I can't share that experience. Exactly. exactly. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm clearly, I make ghost videos. Like clearly I'm not like, Ooh, ghost or BS. Like no, that's, and right. most people on my team are some sort of believer, you know? So it's all like, a like a spectrum, you know, there's like believer, then there's skeptic. No, I don't think anyone's like a hundred percent either, but you're somewhere. I'm mostly older. Skeptic. Yeah, I'm mostly they're... skeptic. Um, but then if something spooks me, maybe I'll believe for like ten seconds as I scream and run away. But um, <laughs> no, loud noises are my weakness. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared often. 
hardly ever, but I am a little bit jumpy. So if there's a really loud noise or something behind me, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll jump and maybe think it's a ghost for a second. But um, I've been on like over 200 investigations. I haven't seen an apparition. Why haven't I seen an apparition? If apparitions exist, I should have seen one by now. So I don't believe in ghosts until I see one. But it's, I, I hope I, I do see one and I have uh, a desire to. Um, Time says he thought you turned 16. Yeah, I know. Hey, I was chuckling. You look young. I wasn't laughing at you. It's uh, yeah. He uh, the other day for my birthday, he was making all these uh, sweet sixteen videos. <laughs> well, you know, I I I'm with you there too. You know, um, I had seen things when I was younger, which were like I like I'm seeing you, and then through the middle, I say the middle part of my life, you know, going into my teens and. Um, having a haunted theater that I worked in, paying my way through college out in Arizona and Tucson. Um, we worked at a man theater and we went through four years of hauntings there that I naysayed immediately. Uh, my buddy and I, uh, who I knew from Michigan, talked me into moving out there with him. So I, I'm, I'm in the same boat you are because I would kind of see shadow movement and some things in the theater, but I wasn't really convinced until the night he woke me up in the middle of the night and said that he heard a little girl in the bathroom and Man, all haywire, you know, all the stuff went haywire after that. Uh, we even had a manager quit uh, on a night right. because something screamed his name and scared him so bad. Uh, we came in and thought we were going to walk in on a murder case because all the doors were open and unlocked and the oh, registers God. were upstairs, yeah, in the manager's office. And uh, just as we were getting ready to pick the phone up, call the police in because I didn't see blood or nothing, but all the money was still there. Uh, the phone rang and scared the crap out of us because, you know, at that point we're creeped out. And, yeah. uh, we had been telling him for about a good three months that something was in this theater and uh, something would unplug our vacuum cleaners, our blowers, because we'd blow all the trash down front, you know, um, one of these things. And uh, just a crazy time. But, you know, I would always see kind of see things. I wouldn't necessarily hear anything. Uh, but my first EVP uh, was right around 87, 88, because we had a, a big boom box that we'd bring in for music. I'm dating myself here. And so if you don't know what those are, folks, who are it's a boom box, never heard of a boom box. It's a boom box. It's, a, you know, it's all the rappers and all the, the uh, street dancers had them back in the eighties and you could put a cassette tape in it and you had AM, FM radio and a cassette player. Oh yeah. It had, you can get them with one cassette player, two cassette players. And not only could you play your music, but you could also record because they had condenser mics built inside this box. And so we set it up. It's different than a Walkman. I've heard of Walkmans. Oh, it's way different. Walkman was, okay. that was a big thing too. Wow, you are young. So yeah, it's, so uh, it's a thing. That's different than a um, uh, MP3 player. Very different. Okay. So basically what we're operating on a boom box, anybody who's, who does not know what those are, it's just a giant tape recorder with magnetic heads in it. So you'd go buy TDA 60-minute tapes. And we had fresh tapes and because we, you know, PJ was hearing things and I was kind of seeing things, we got the wise idea after watching, oh, check this out, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, which was real huge at the time in the 90s or 80s right. and 90s, um, that we were going to basically uh, set up a tape recorder and see if we could catch voices or something in this theater. So we set the alarm, went to Whataburger, came back, un undid the alarm. Uh, digital alarms are kind of the new thing. Uh, we could tell nobody had been in the door, uh, about five minutes into the tape, playing it back, we heard a voice. So 
where I'm going with this is, is that I'm still a believer and I hadn't shared all my experiences growing up with PJ because I just didn't want to be ridiculed by my friends. And I was still having things happening there in Tucson at my home too. So it's just one of those things. And um, the minute that I heard that voice, I was like, holy, you know, I kept thinking it's all on the shows. Like you, I was skeptical yeah. and I hadn't even gone into law enforcement and security work yet. So I, you know, I'm playing the movie theaters. I'm an art student, man. I was living the artist life, <laughs> going to school, getting up at noon. You know, I, I was yeah. making enough money to, and cleaning the theaters. Yeah. We made a jumble of money because, you know, it was a thing. It was a fun time. But I, like where I'm going is I was young like you at once and I was impressionable. But at the same time, I was very hard on this paranormal stuff, even though yeah. I believed what I saw. I just had to have other experiences in order to, like you said, you in order to validate to go forward. your own. Like you exactly. believed it, you wanted a reason why. Exactly. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna tell people about this, you can think I'm full of shit as the next guy. But if you get to know me, you know I, I'm not fanciful to just telling you crazy ass stories. Um, and that shook me up when we heard that voice, man. We were just like, "Holy yeah. God, uh, what's in this theater?" And it went on for four years. Uh, we shared it with a couple that worked across the street from us, and his wife quit that night. Because we scared her so bad with this this voice. Um, now, in your, get... opinion, in your opinion, are, is 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 that going to come back and have a revival like vinyls having? That's what uh, I've been thinking about. No, really, really. Yeah, because you're talking. People have been talking about cassette and making a comeback. Yeah. You Why think not? You're waiting for an answer. I don't know yeah, what, what gonna... in your opinion, you have more experience with the cassette. I, I'm um, question of I, I start it, it should make a comeback. Let me it's right, I'm just happy that okay. No, vinyl, I have a lot of I have a lot of vinyl. I do See, know, I, I do I do know vinyl. Vinyl has made a comeback. I frequent the record uh store near me frequently, so I have a lot of vinyl. And they also have this little discount corner of cassette. You've been yeah. talking about cassette a lot. Should I start getting yeah. I think you should. You know, I I'm collecting vinyl again. You know, my my daughter bought me a record player that you know plays vinyl. Um, I gave one to my grandkids that I'd had for a while um, with the, you know Kiss's greatest hits and stuff. I got my four and five year old uh, grandkids hooked on Kiss, which I'm proud of. Uh, and Ghostbusters. If I'm not playing both of those in the car, there's hell to pay. So yes, you know it's funny you mentioned vinyl because you know back in either Norway or Sweden, uh, again I, the, I'd have to have the the sheets in front of me. There's a gentleman who was using an Edison machine, which is ver basically a a cylinder, and you're recording a vinyl recording device on these cylinders by using a copper system and a needle and power. And he was using this in his backyard. In the, in, I'm virtually in the middle of nowhere where this man lived, and uh, he's getting songbirds. Well, then he started noticing that when he would listen during breaks with the birds, uh, he was hearing voices, and he recorded them on vinyl. Um, he's the grandfather of EVP. the The next step would be that people, you know, when they were getting ready to start setting up radio, um, and people were they were talking to RCA, and RCA was one of the first people to build radio sets for people to go in their homes had to build transmitters first because over Marconi wireless systems that they were using on board the Titanic, all sorts of ships were using Marconi wireless communication uh, through electricity. Uh, they also were picking up things and that's almost, it's well, it's virtually impossible because nobody had radio stations and they had no way of knowing how to talk over those devices at the time. And it baffled tons of engineers. 
So this is a recorded thing from from time and, and history. So I think you're on to that. You know, you could very easily, I don't know if they still make them, but you could get some systems that would, you know, you get fresh uh, vinyl that isn't recorded on, and you could set those up if you want to pay the money and let them run with the microphone. Uh, and you could probably record these on vinyl. Now, jokingly, with the cassette tapes, you, I tell people old school, Ben, I, I'm I tell. Thinking, I think I'm thinking it would be funny when people come over. They're like, "Oh, you get any new uh, vinyls, Ben?" I'm like, "Yeah, here's one I I have. It's called um, Mount Hope Cemetery, 10:30 p.m. EVP recording log." Yeah, and the best that, great I, sense it, of moaning cemeteries. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this <laughs> a half hour of cemetery. <laughs> oh yeah, so Dis Disney used to produce albums like that with all the horror noises and the screaming and shit. Again, that's, way before you were born. That's that's, but, just, that's one way to um. And, uh, to kill the vibe of a party is this oh yeah instantly track. everybody's like what's that but yeah no in all seriousness you know i old school people say well you know when i give one uh, ghost hunting 101 lectures um i tell them ben it's like listen man you know we started out with a vhs recorder and there's a reason why um where we had the camera hooked I mean, we were using newer cameras but we would run everything into a vhs uh which you can still buy them and still find the tapes um, because it has magnetic heads so that when interference produces itself onto the camera and something's happening, happening electrically, unless that shuts off, those heads are maintaining and it's running and it's still continuing to record on the tape because they're magnetic heads. It's touching the tape. And we were finding voices in between and some people were capturing images. I've seen some very good footage and it's real stuff. And, you know, scientists were using these just for that reason too. Digital is good where we're at with digital, but the problem with the digital signal, if anybody knows anything about electronics, is when a digital signal is interrupted and you're having something affect your digital recorder or your digital camera, it stops because it's a it's a bouncing signal. It, 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 once it stops, it stops. It, it just continues to record. Um, okay. So old school is still usable. I still have one in our kit. It's a small one. You mentioned Sony. It's a little Sony Walkman cassette player. Oh, yeah. And you can still Sony get... And, uh, I like Sony and Panasonic the best. Those are my brands. I mean, I'm not a Canon fan. I, I like I like so. I think Sony and Panasonic make the best. The best I agree. Player. I agree. I think they do, too. And we, we break it out once in a while. I've used it down in Indiana. I've used it all over the place. I haven't used it in a while, but I will in, in certain incidents. Like if we're short having static digital cameras that I can place throughout a place that we're investigating, you know, in different locations, rather, um, I'll break that out and put it in a location, let it run. I get, you know, 60 minutes on each side of that tape uh, if I wanted to. And then I also have an external microphone that I can plug into it, too. Uh, the VHS camera was the same thing. When we did the USS Silversides, uh, the images that we gave to Fox 17 that were put on TV were from that camera in the forward torpedo room, and it was recording on a VCR. And, you know, we got great footage. We had a shadow pop up that moved. Um, we also caught uh, evidence of uh, a manifestation. Nobody's on board the submarine, and a light source just shows up in the hallway to the galley. It moves slightly and then disappears. Um, that's why I'm glad, I'm glad we have someone on our team that is some sort of, I don't know what her major is now. She's one of those science majors that keeps bouncing between sciences. Or I, I, I was journalism, clearly I know 
next to nothing about science. I, I like science until math got involved. I'm not good at math. But she used to be a physics major, so she knows a lot about physics. And I'm pretty sure there's some physics behind light, like, manifesting. Like, there, there has to be some, like, that defies physics if light just manifests and moves. Right, right. But, like, she can go on and on all day about it. And that's why I have Shane. That's why I have Shane. And yeah, that's why I, I, that's why she's great because I'm sure there's some that defies physics. That I know it does, and I'm sure there's a lot of physics behind it, but that, that does defy physics. And I can't yeah. argue with that because I know nothing about physics. So and and you, that's the thing. If that's you present that with me, I'm like, okay, that defies physics. I can't argue with that. Right. And that's the thing with that light. You know, I went down there as a layman who understands physics. I'm not a, a scientist. I didn't study to, to be that. Um, but I understand it. I understand how it works. And I went down and tried to reproduce it. I monitored for static electricity, all the stuff that you would look for that would produce some sort of light effect well, um, yeah. or a ball or a ball of light basically is what we thought we were seeing. Oh, here. So let me run by. Um, I don't think you ever heard about this because so this happened off camera. Dun, one dun, time. Dun. And then um, I did, it was so crazy that I made like a blog post about it on the old website. We used to have this like kind of, kind of janky website um, that I've since like totally revamped. So on the old website, there's like a blog section. So I made a little blog post. I wrote it all down. But so I, I doubt you uh, heard about this. Um, it was the trippiest experience ever had on an investigation uh, you you would think we were taking drugs like hallucinogenic drugs but we weren't so no psychotropic teas nothing that no, you were drinking no. beforehand well, okay you, you tell me right. all the light and stuff like that so we were uh there's this abandoned cemetery in the woods but it's like off this like dirt road so you go down this dirt road and then there's like this little path towards it, it's like a um maybe five yard walk to the cemetery but it's not that obvious like there's a big tree and then the graves are like kind of <laughs> scattered behind it uh but there's this whole opening so we went on investigation there once and i saw this ball of light free floating ball of light it was like a white light kind of like a beach ball size you know there's big beach ball like inflatable you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah Okay, so I'm following it, you, man. Yeah. It, literally, it looked just like a, one of those beach balls, but like a light. Kind of like if you were playing volleyball and you hit one of those beach balls over, it was kind of like that loop, just right over. So I started running towards it, but I stopped. And I realized if I continued running, there's all this hidden barbed wire and then a steep, like, drop. So I would have tripped on the barbed wire, fallen. And then I got the sense it was like... Trying to drag you over there? I'm, I'm skeptical. But I, I, I got the sense it was like... I was... if It wanted me to follow it. And if I yeah. did, I would have gotten injured. Yeah. And then I, the only reason I stopped was because um, the other people I was with, they heard a voice. And then I felt something tap my arm, which I later assumed was just a big tree branch. But still... Still, I couldn't explain. But but your mind to wind you up, man. Yeah, I get what you're saying. The free floating light moving out of nowhere. I'm sure there's. And then we had a static energy reader along with the EMF, along with 
um, the FLIR thermal imaging camera, uh, which there was a big energy uh, drain. Uh, all of our cameras died right before that. So the only camera was the thermal imaging camera pointed right where I saw the light. There was no changes in temperature, in right. surface temperature at least. Right. There was nothing static energy, nothing in the EMF or anything when the, all the cameras died. So then that was really weird and we ended the investigation because like they were all sh shaken up and we had no cameras. So what was the point in staying if something happened? So then that was all on camera. That was fine. People probably saw that much. Then we go back a week later off camera um, just because we happened to be driving by and we're like, hey, let's stop by. Now, we were told after we posted that video, because this is why I love posting videos too, because like people comment and they comment like, hey, I went there, I had this, or like, you didn't know this, but blah, blah, blah. And they tell us all these things we didn't know. And apparently there's a big, apparently people like psychics or empaths or people with abilities that have gone there mm -hmm. pick up on these like guardian beasts, like not quite hellhounds, but like these like inhuman guardians of the cemetery. Like elementals that are connected to nature yeah. and animals. Yeah. yeah. And I had just received this comment. It was actually on Facebook when I shared the video on Facebook. So it wasn't even on the public video. It was like on a, in a private group, someone mm -hmm. commented this. So the people I was with didn't know this comment existed because I was the only one that had it, right? So you park the car. We have to park the car down the road a little bit and walk down this dirt road to the entrance to the cemetery. And one of the people I was with, neither of them were there that night. I saw the light too, okay? So they didn't even know that that happened because... They always say like, oh, I don't watch your videos because I'm in them. But then like when they're not in a video, they still don't watch it. So I don't know what their excuse is, but they weren't in this one. So they had no excuse not to watch it. They just didn't care to watch it. But anyways, I don't care. I go through that too. I get it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't care. I keep telling myself, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. So we were walking up and one of my friends who, uh, she claims she's not psychic, but sometimes I don't know if she gets feelings or whatever. And she's like, she's like, oh, I, I just got feeling like there's like whatever's here is like an animal, like beast. She kept getting the word like beast. Like there, there are beasts with an S, like multiple beasts. And I'm like, you are making it up. It's all in your head. You know, like I, I didn't want to engage. Right. Then we approach the little path we have to turn down. And we turn to her left. You know, I said the cemetery is right behind this big tree. We turn, and right in front of that big tree, what do we see? Bunch of red eyes. And, that, and you saw this, obviously, with your, your own eyes. Yeah, red glowing yeah. eyes. And <laughs> my other friend that was there was like, no animal here has red eyes like that. I'm like, they're animals. Clearly, they're animals, and they're yeah, like because no, there are animals who reflect red in their eyes. Yeah, when oh, light yeah. hits it, or yeah. So I'm like, they're animals. Yeah. And then they all disappeared. And then one would blink, and another would blink. Then there were like ten pairs of eyes, and there was two pairs of eyes, 
So I'm like, how about, and then they were freaking out that they weren't animals. They're like, we weren't even shining lights. Why would anything reflect? So I'm like, how about I loop the car around? We shine the headlights. So I loop the car around and there's no animals there by the time I loop it around. Yeah. So then there were all these animals and there weren't, and then we didn't hear them scurry away. So they're all freaking out. I'm like, there, there's just like a pack of deer, whatever. Uh, but it was a little bit weird how there were so many and then there weren't, but they probably just ran away. They know they area better than we do. Yeah. So then yeah. we're in the car and the friend that got the vision of the beasts, she gets really angry and very aggressive, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically. And we're like, are you okay? She just has this uncontrollable rage. Then we look up. This is where things get trippy. Where I saw the white ball of light, you know, back in the woods. We're just sitting in the car trying to discuss going back outside. We see a ball of light moving in that area. And I don't say anything, but she does. Another person I'm with says something too. They saw a ball of light. I'm like, that's where I saw it last time. They're like, no, you didn't. You're making that up. You're trying to fool us. I'm like, if you watched the video, you would know. But they uh, they insisted I was lying. So I pulled up the video and they were all like mind blown. Like, that's what are you describing in the video? That's what we saw. And then after that, everything got really weird. The moon changed sides of the sky it's hard to explain it's like a mirror image of the sky everything yeah. was like flipped okay the moon flipped sides like we blinked and the moon was on a different side we got like disoriented we forgot which side of the road we were on it was like everything was like a mirror image and we were just like discombobulated for like a solid five minutes and then we drove away and that's the end of the story but anyways no that's quite a story yeah. i I've had a similar incident when we were in Fayette, Michigan, and, you know, there's an explanation for that, which I can't quite recall what it, what it's called, but, you know, the moon was to our left. We had done our thing and then we're down, we're down in the middle of town and you look up and it's way the hell over on the right. And it just didn't allow for the same amount of time, you know, that, that would have gone by for that to move in the sky from one end to the other. And that kind of shook us up a little bit too. It's just a real, it's an odd thing. And it has to do with the curvature and it's just the whole thing. But the red eyes, you know, I think you're right at first trying to explain it as animals because I've seen many animals in, in pitch black and their eyes are still reflecting. Even if there's no light, the way as big as their pupils can get because they're nocturnal in nature, uh, you'll still see color. And I think a lot of people, I think you're right on that. I think a lot of people misidentify that stuff is being paranormal when obviously it's, it could have been animals. Now the balls of light. No, well, you know, that, that, I, I, I would have to, I'd have to have your physicist person explain that because that's, yeah, that's what prompted the story was you're talking about yeah. balls of light. And yeah. I, I brought this up only to say this one location, two settings of a ball of light in the same area. And the physicist person who was there couldn't explain it. So. Yeah. So, submarine was like one of the, one of the three, three or fourth times that I've seen something like that with my naked eye and not only caught it on camera a couple other times we didn't have camera rolling same same thing that you're seeing and feeling i had seen uh, me and manny hernandez were watching something oak, oak Ridge cemetery i'll tell people where it's at in uh marshall michigan and we were following we were following this thing and this is in 2009 which cemetery? And 
Oak Ridge, I think, in uh, Marshall, Michigan. Is that? Oh no, never mind. It's I, just I, south. It's south of town. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, is that the one, the Magician Cemetery? But that's, I think, technically in Collin, Michigan. That's in Collin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We did the Museum of Magic in Marshall, and we drove one town over to the Magician Cemetery. Yeah, I'm supposed to be following on your heels on that at some point because that's a whole other story. But okay. yeah, we're there. We saw the same thing. We followed this ball. We thought, well, maybe it's a light in the distance because you're, you know, you can be fooled at night. Uh, with light sources and blinking lights and tower lights and, and it happens and so you know we took uh, uh, turns uh, move forward see it move with us uh, then at one point it, it actually moved back the other way which kind of threw us off and I thought well somebody's over there with a light or, or something so we kind of did a flanking maneuver you know went different sides got over there and, and then there's no light and there was no indication anybody was out there we know what we saw I, I can't tell you exactly what it is i didn't say it was ghostly i just said it's unexplained i'll use that term a lot because if i can't debunk it right away and i have no precept in order to put this in and to try to recreate it or i'm finding evidence that somebody was doing something then it's unexplained at that point because i just i have no way to to, to tell you what it is but i've seen orbs you know we were talking about orbs man yeah. i've seen an orb in in, in <laughs> i dropped the camera because i saw it on camera and i was shitting around with a friend uh, absolutely just cutting up, you know, we we're having a good time laughing. And I saw this thing come in from the left and it had a tail on it. And the only way I've described it to people is that it looked like it was in water. It was so fluid in, in its movement. And I dropped the camera and is I looked at him. This is well, it's with my eyes too. And he didn't see a thing. And he's like, ah, he's making faces at me. Uh, we're kidding around and I'm staring at him and I'm watching this thing as it goes into his air conditioner in his house and we were just talking, not saying it's paranormal, but we were just talking about uh, the death of his father and how little he was when his dad died and how his dad died in a car accident, um, literally, uh, before we started cutting up. Right. And so as I tell people, you know, there's a lot of things that you'll witness in this. But as Ben has said, you know, it's a good thing that you try to debunk it first. Come up with the, the first explanation that would be probably the most logical you know, hypothesis or, or, or answer to the question. And then if you're left after checking all that stuff out and you're still left with answers, then you should tag it as a possible, you know, something that's unknown. We're going to take our first break though. I want everybody to hang with us. I've got Ben from Afterlife Road Productions with us. Uh, this is Dan and you're uh, watching and listening to Unrestricted Radio. Please pay attention to our sponsor, the exclusive sponsor of this program, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. Uh, I want to thank my good friend, Francois Moyer. Uh, he supports this uh, this uh, network and what we're doing and what I do is Southern Michigan Paranormals. I've been working the house for well over 16 plus years. Um, you can come see me uh, on a, a once a month uh, ghost hunt, if you will, tour. You get a dinner, three course uh, meal. Uh, also, a uh, history on Frank and Mary Henderson, who built the home, as well as the children. And then we get to go across the street to the cemetery, and you can visit them firsthand. Also, Gun Barrel. Those of you watching, you see my hat. Gun Barrel Coffee. Uh, you've had the rest. Drink the best. I know there's a lot of great coffee companies. Everybody's roasting coffee now. It's almost like the marijuana thing. You know, really, honestly, it's, it, they're popping up on every corner as our coffee roasters. Uh, I'm a coffee drinker, and I uh, these guys do good work. They're out of Batavia, Illinois. Go to gunbarrelcoffee.com. Proceeds of sales from everything online and out of the store. Uh, a dollar goes to help veterans uh, organizations that help out all of our vets. 
and that's a very cool cause. Um, as well, I would tell you that um, I'm wearing dog tags. I wear these quite often, and this is Till Valhalla. I support what they do. I give to them every year. Uh, it's And their wrist, wristband that I wear says 22 a day on it. That means we're losing 22 veterans a day to medical issues and suicide. we got to put that to a stop, guys. So, hey, listen to some of this great rock and roll music I'm going to insert here. I play a, a, a vast plethora, if you will. Everybody know what a plethora is? Because I would hate to think that somebody would tell me I have a plethora of music and not know what a plethora means. Name that movie. Anybody? Three Amigos? No. Okay. We're going to be back for more right after this.
Hey, you listening to this podcast, I've got a message for you. If you've drank the rest, now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. We are the Gun Barrel Coffee Incorporated team. We are united by the love of coffee, guns, freedom, and America. What started as a hobby has turned into a high-quality home-roasted coffee enjoyed by family, friends, and now the public. We are proud to donate a portion of our proceeds to the organizations who support those who serve, those who protect, and defenders of our rights and freedom. Accept no other substitutes. You've had the rest. Now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. You can find the guys at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Hey, you listening to this podcast, I've got a message for you. If you've drank the rest, now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. We are the Gun Barrel Coffee Incorporated team. We are united by the love of coffee, guns, freedom, and America. What started as a hobby has turned into a high-quality home-roasted coffee, enjoyed by family, friends, and now the public. We are proud to donate a portion of our proceeds to the organizations who support those who serve, those who protect, and defenders of our rights and freedom. Accept no other substitutes. You've had the rest. Now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. You can find the guys at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome. But with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you are not alone. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Coming to Hartford, Michigan at the Van Buren Poorhouse Museum, it's Ghostorama. Ghostorama is a one-of-a-kind event. It's a paranormal meet-and-greet slash flea market slash comic-con, car show, and much, much more. There'll be paranormal groups, 
The Ghostbusters, The Mystery Machine, Spooky Vendors, Live Band, Ghost Tour, Jurassic Park, Killer Cars, Food Truck, Disc Jockey, Historical Museum, Kid Haunted House, and much more. Van Buren County Historical Museum. That's right, out at 58471 Red Arrow Highway, Hartford, Michigan, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's an outdoor market, which is free to the public. That's right, you heard me. It's open to the public. There'll be a museum tour, $5 per person. Also, from 9 to 11, a ghost tour, $20 per person. That's right, Ghostorama is hitting West Michigan, Saturday, August 20th, 2022, at the Hartford Van Buren Poorhouse Museum. This is sponsored by Southern Michigan Paranormals, unrestrictedradio.com, the Great Lakes Ghostbuster Coalition, How to Halloween, Frankenfest, and the Midwest Parahistorical Society. Hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. I want to dance with my baby.
And we are back. And as those those of you watching saw that Ben and I went nowhere. We're sitting at our houses. We're... Wait, I thought there was a break. What's going on? Yeah, it was a short break. Oh. Uh, that's for the that's for the audio audience, Ben. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to go get a beer, go take a pee, uh, whatever they had to do. Uh, you know, uh, nooner. I don't know what's so going this, on. The ad doesn't go over this. It's not gonna cut it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're continuing. Everybody, so we don't need to like ramble for two minutes while the audio people have to sit through ads. No, no, not good. At all. I didn't know um, Prince Wall watch uh, supports this. I met him at the at the castle. He's a cool. He looks a little bit like Henderson. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Yeah, um, no, he said that. Well, I think I think he looks like yeah. him too. If you were to see photos of Frank, well, um, we didn't we didn't see it. Like the only picture I saw was on their website. And then he says, "Oh, yeah, don't I look like Henderson to us?" And then we're like, "What?" Well, then he shows us a picture. And we're like, "Spitting image, spitting image." He's a great guy. Tongue in cheek, he is. He is a great man. Um, we're not only brothers in masonry; we are best friends. Uh, I've known him for years, uh, and I've been at the castle longer than Francois, which his uh, protege pointed out, Dracar. Um, well, you don't a... look like Frank Henderson, though. So, what's that? You don't look like uh, Frank Henderson, though. No, I'm not trying to. No, I'm not trying to. Uh, that's an interesting thing that you guys were there. You know, that's a good segue into the second part of the show. See, yeah, is, yeah, try with these segues. I'm glad you're picking up on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he as he's got them written down on a sheet of paper. Um, it, it's an interesting place. You know, Frank and Mary Henderson. Uh, you know, uh, built this house. Uh, started the the plans in 1888, 1895. They completed this. He died in 1899. Barely got to live in the damn place. Uh, but he's a self-made man. If you come to the tour, I'll give you some of that information. I'll tell you some more personal stories. But, you know, the round of it is uh, this guy would apprentice himself in businesses throughout Dwajak and Kalamazoo because they did live in Dwajak or for a short period of time. His family came from New York. And Frank would buy out the business. And he learned that residual income, commodities was the huge thing. It still is today, but on a different level. But back then, you know, people needed saddles, they needed wagons, they needed furniture, uh, you name it. He had his hand in it, and he made his millions. I mean, I'm not going to say overnight, but he worked at it for quite a few years. Um, when he met Mary, fell in love with Mary Taylor. Uh, she comes from a family who's one of the original setters, settlers of Kalamazoo. And also in that marriage, uh, you know, her family, you know, knew of the Hendersons. They all liked each other very well. Uh, and I have these firsthand reports from family members who also put that PDF together for me. So I always thank Cammie Fleckenstein for doing that. Um, she is a uh, descendant of, of the Taylor uh, side of the family. But uh, they were ahead of their time, Ben. They were ahead of their time. They uh, they did a lot of wonderful things for Kalamazoo. Um, they treated their employees with utmost respect, paid them high wages, you know, for people at that time. If there was an accident or something happened, you know, Frank would take care of them. Uh, he was all about charities. Uh, he was an odd fellow. He was a Mason uh, in Kalamazoo, um, just on and on. And then he went into business with a company out of Chicago, Illinois, called the Ames Company. And they began making banners and regalia. And so his uniforms and swords, which are highly sought after, um, you know, this is what he did. This is how he Funny made story. more money. Funny story. Um, we were at an antique store a couple of weeks ago and they actually had one of his swords you should have bought it was I, it under a hundred dollars no oh well so that's why i didn't buy it yeah anyways, yeah 
No, no, that is. Yeah, I like so to I, hear I that because that. that was a we just did the Masonic Temple, and then we had this weird string where like every location we went to for like that month, like the whole rest of the month, had some sort of Masonic connection. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, um, there, there probably was a lot of Masonic connections before that too. We were just only noticing it after, right after the temple. But still, it was kind of this weird thing where like it got to the point where like, oh, where's the Masonic uh, symbol going to be at this location? And then we we found it. Oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's a Mason. I can tell you it's everywhere for sure. Um, And in swords, like I said, you know, they made the rounds. I think most, most temples have one or two. They've got to, uh, because that became the sword to have uh, as ornate and nice as they were. Now there's other swords that we have in our temple too, but um, I found out Papa has a stash of them. So Dan's going to be acquiring a Henderson aim sword here really quickly, but it's a great location. And it really is. Before I ask Ben about his experiences there, I wanted to make clear, as I told him off air, that, you know, it being touted as the 10 most haunted, you know, bed and breakfast in Michigan uh, and beyond, uh, I have a little bit to do with that. And and ashamedly so, I guess I, I should put it this way, is that when I first went in there, uh, the prior owners were worried about, you know, why I wanted to come in there. And they didn't want haunted attached to the house. They were doing a bed and breakfast too, but they they wanted to keep things on a positive level. They hadn't embraced the whole paranormal thing. And uh, having said that, I had given interviews after initially going through the house first couple of times to like AAA travel and all these people that they wanted me to talk to because they would mention it, but they didn't want to be known as haunted. So as this progressed, you know, into a couple of years, five years, uh, up to where we are now, um, I would do all these interviews with these people and they, you know how the press is and you're a journalist. So I don't want to initially offend you. Oh you no, know, I, I, I have a journalism pre- degree, but I don't work in the industry. I don't, <laughs> yeah, the press, I don't, I don't, I don't care to be a journalist. I just people have put, so right, right. Want, people, I agree. So people put their spin on it and oh, yeah. there are a lot of misquotes. And then, and next thing you know, we're known as this most haunted you know, destination. Now, you know, stories that I would share with you firsthand, and I'll tell you firsthand, I'm the first group to ever do the place. Uh, other, somebody else has claimed that, but they're full of poop. Um, you know, I would tell you that it has activity. There are things that happen there, not all the time. Uh, it, on rare occasions, thing, people have been spotted on the back stairs, uh, which I naysayed until I caught a photo of it in January of 21. Um, so recently. Recently, and I'd been working the house for a long time and got virtually, you know, like orb and stuff like that. Um, but mostly audio. And I, we had a route or rash of reports from the service station that's in the house right off the main kitchen downstairs where you could close up at night and shut all of the, the cupboards and doors. And I had witnessed this myself because I was there with my team the third year in. And we never, we never seen it happen when we were there overnight. We were there till four in the morning, five in the morning. I spent the night. Um, this one time I come in there and all the doors were open. Um, I, I heard nothing in there. Uh, we were the only ones in the house. My people were not in that room. Um, very strange. So there's been a cr- progression of employees who have worked there too, Ben, that are out sharing all sorts of wild and crazy stories. And I mean, other groups have been there, you know, you guys have been there. Uh, this, uh, what was the other one called? There's been paranormal groups who go in and make a lot of claims. And I, I look at their stuff and it's not stuff like you did. I want to, I want to make sure people understand 
Ben's excursion there, I found to be very, very nice and very viable, obviously. And, and it was done in a good way. Some other people had been in there and they were claiming gunshots and all this crazy stuff. And I'm saying, listen, man, just because you're saying this and I've been in and out of here for so many years, I'm, I'm, I'm not inclined to really believe some of the sensationalism they were trying to tag to the castle, if that makes any sense. So I don't think the house is extremely haunted. But I think, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but I think the house has activity. Uh, Tommy has experienced it. Ben, you know, uh, Drew has experienced it. Ben's experienced a little little stuff here and there. I was trying to pull it up um, because that that is one of the videos that's public on the YouTube channel still. Right. I do enjoy the Henderson video and I enjoy the experience. I was trying to pull it up to see um, to see the comments and everything. Then I got an ad on my own video. I don't even monetize my channel. I'm not able to be monetized, but YouTube still puts ads for my own video. While welcome, to, welcome to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, continue. So no, I, no, I, 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 I was going to have you talk about your spirit here. So as I said, yeah, as, as I told. I, I enjoy it, so it's public. So <laughs> Right. As I told prior owner and I told um, Francois, it's like, you know, um, I'm not territorial. You have in who you want to have in if you give permission. I mean, people who've written books and stayed there. Uh, again, there's people that I don't like who I know have been in there. Um, and that's for a very good reason, but that we're not here to talk about that tonight. But, you know, I saw, I came across you guys doing your thing there and sitting on the beds and, and doing some stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Because as I said, I've been in now there so many times and you'd think that every time I'm there, they'd be friendly and happy with me and I'd get all sorts of evidence. It's just not true. Right. Um, it's been rare that when I've had a group of uh, tour people, Ben, I've had up to 40 people in there and the ghost box starts responding and people are talking to us. It's the weirdest thing. Um, it's cool because now I, I feel like I'm giving the audience, uh, you know, something and I'm not faking any of it. Um, and I prove that by certain questions and I'll ask about certain items in the room or things on their table, you know, uh, things of that nature. And the way that ghost box works for anybody who's tuning into the show or listening, it's an AM FM radio digital, and we clip a sensor in there. So now it's just scanning every open frequency. The way I operate in science on this is that Tesla and physicists tell us that everything operates on vibration, energy, and frequency. That is the known galaxy. Okay. It's the known known universe. And our theory for well over 100 plus years is that if you if, if there are if we were to believe anybody is speaking to us from the other side, it's on a frequency we can't hear, which would explain your dilemma where you hear something, but not everybody else does. There's times that we've heard things and you hear us respond on the digital recorders, but there's no sound or we make no reference of it hearing anything in the room. And there's a three ring circus going on. So. <laughs> rhyme and reason man so uh, that tells me frequency is at work and and i try to explain during these lectures too ben that you know if you're to believe everything you know all the atoms and everything that's in this room with us the table the floor everything's moving everything is to our perception looks solid but it really is not it really isn't according to science so having now bored everybody to death with that explanation i have gathered evps from the house very few um I have one photograph that looks like it might be a face in one of the mirrors. You know, I experimented with that for over a couple of years. Uh, and you have to know what you're doing and what you're looking at because everybody touches mirrors and there's smears. And right. God, people send you stuff and it's just, it's not ghosts. Uh, the second part being is that this picture I, I caught, which I would like you to take a look at, 
If everybody goes to Facebook, Southern Michigan Paranormals on Facebook, you'll see our little red emblem, which says history with mystery. You know, I hate to always do this to Drew, but, I, you know, Drew, the the, para, the the Midwest parahistorical thing that we're doing is I was doing this before this happened. So we were always about history. And so if you go there, you'll see a photo called the lady in white. I've been told, Ben, for three years before I got this photo that people were seeing somebody in white on the back steps. And like you, until I see it, I'm like, you know, okay. I was doing the whole John or uh, Steve Martin thing from planes and trains and automobiles, you know, where you're yep. tipping your hand like, yeah, all right, tell me some more stories. I have a few more things of wine and champagne. So we're in the building, uh, folks, about five minutes. Uh, me? Is it this picture? No, that's that's got a whole, that's a very dark story to that. Okay, I'll um, Continue with Yeah, you'll see. It's a picture of a stairway, and you look down the, the t from the top of the stairwell, and there's something white at the bottom of the steps, and it's blocking out a carpet. Oh. When you find it, let me know. I did. So huh. I was naysaying it, <laughs> you know, and uh, I go, that's it. So if you folks look, we're in the middle there. Ben's holding the photo up. There's something standing on that lower stairwell. There's a black carpet. Now, he's since moved the carpet, but it is standing in front of the carpet. It's blocking out the carpet. Now, as a photographer, my first thought, let me back up. I want to tell you how this happened. Okay, Ben, I want to give you perspective. Because you as a guy who's in photography, this is, this is what I'm looking for. I don't use too much flash on some of the woodworking in that house because reflection. Okay? That's the yeah. first thing I'm crossing out. So... I have lights on in the hallway. It's not a flash. So as I go up there, I mean, we said hi to Matt. Bob stayed at the bar. Uh, I was going to come back and have a shot of whiskey before we got to have the house to ourselves because it's COVID shut down. Nobody's there except Matt and uh, Francois in Thailand, of all places. So I have the house to, to myself, me and Bob, for the night. I go upstairs, Ben, to the top steps. You've been there. So just before you enter the ballroom, they now have a piano sitting there, but that's the top of the servant steps. So as I'm looking down, I have a hundred of these photos. I just love taking them because I love the perspective. You know, you get to see the railings and it's just cool to me. It's art, man. You know, I look at this art. Maybe I'll get that one shot and I'll be famous. Yeah. So I take a photo. Now my camera that I have is a good $600 camera. Um, I can control night shots, all sorts of stuff on it. But I also have this beautiful little video pad on the back of my camera that I can tilt. And when I'm doing video, I can hold it much like Ben probably does. And I can look down at what I'm filming and I don't have to look through a tiny little freaking square like we oh, yeah. used to in the old days. Mm -hmm. So as I take that shot, I see this instantly on that viewer and I'm dropping the camera and I'm looking over the rail and there's nothing there. And I take two or three more. I try to set myself up still in the same shot. Nothing. I get nothing. I run downstairs, show this photo to Bob. And as you, you close in on that, if anybody pulls it up, you can get it close. It now pixelation, it breaks up, obviously, if you get too close. But if you look at the bottom, you can almost out, make out an outline of shoes. Yeah, I saw that. I was looking at when I was looking <laughs> down while you were talking. I was I saved the picture and I was like zooming in and stuff. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. And, I, and I, was, again, I was looking for any sort of motion blur that could make some weird artifact. There's no nope. visible motion blur. It's not like you were shaking the cameras all. You know, people sometimes have a picture. It's all super blurry. Oh, yeah. And they're like, look what I caught. And like, because yeah. you, you're but moving. Like, sometimes I don't... <laughs> you have like a tiny bit of motion blur where it's not the whole 
shot that's affected. Right. There wasn't anything that I could see. No, no. There wasn't and any I, weird lens flares in the rest of the frame. I appreciate but, that perspective. Um, yeah, I, I went through the, all that. The only thing I would think of was that you already, you know, that you didn't already say was an effect. Was there anything on the lens? That, but you took other pictures, nope. right? Nothing on that lens. So um, that's the only thing I would think of. The only I'm thing like, I'm think... like you. I'm anal about, you know, once before yeah. I start taking photos, I clean the lens. I got a lens cleaner. Okay, yeah, because so yeah, I don't want. <laughs> yeah, right. I appreciate you asking that, though, man. See, you're See? kindred spirit. My, my, my only thought, I was like, I know he's probably anal about this. And I know he, like, probably took multiple pictures. But, like, if it was some joe schmo on the street i would have been like that's something on your lens but i know right, since i right. know you and i know oh no 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 yeah because yeah, i'm the first to yell like, at people about so, that shit so <laughs> yeah weird, you know yeah it is it's, it is. Spot. it's extra weird because when we were there the only spot we had activity was on that staircase then we got comments of people saying that they had activity on that staircase too it, it's so. it's it's an active area and and like i said i was i was pleased I sent it to him in Thailand, Francois, and he's like, what am I looking at? I'm like, well, there's something white standing at the bottom of your stairway. It's blocking out your carpet, dude. Uh, that's one of the best photos, I think, in quite a few years. And as far as the castle goes, I want people to hear this, too, and, and for you, Ben. You know, it's like I don't have much photography evidence from that house. Um People have sent us pictures of camera cords, you know, oh, look at this, look at the portal. It's like, dude, it's camera cord. Exactly. All that stuff, you know, and so... I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've captured something that is just not right. Um, and I had naysayed, and that's where these people were telling Francois constantly, they were writing in guest books that there's a lady in white on the back steps. So my assumption is, is like, maybe this is what they're seeing. Um, I don't know if it's a lady or a man, but I got a photo. So I'm pretty happy. Uh, we have another one of the bar. They, they you know. see something white. You caught something white. That's all you can say. That's all you need. It's yeah. Still a lot. That's saying a lot, though. I'm so, not telling anybody it's a ghost. I'm just saying, lot. man, it shouldn't be there. Okay. Whatever that is should yeah. not be there. Based on that photo, you can't say if it's a lady. You can't. Water, but like, I don't know. There's, there's something that says lady, but that nope. it's nope. this weird white thing in the shape ish of a person. Yeah. Where a person could be. Or something. I don't know what it is. And and we caught one in the bar also with in a reflection. Um, took two or three of those, and then it's not there in you know the rest of the photos. Uh, that's for another uh, time and another story. But Tommy wanted me to to tell you about the Claire um, history because there's a person who does a tour in Kalamazoo still. Um, and I tell people if you want to do the Kalamazoo tour, please do uh, the one that the JCs put on. Uh, it's it's a little more truthful. Well, not a little more. It's more truthful. It sticks to the facts around town. Um, it's not two idiot yahoos. But, um, you know, uh, I had this run-in first time I went into the castle, Ben. And, um, well, let, let me save it till the end of, of you. I, again, we're here to talk to you. I'll save it to the end of when you share your experience. So you, you, see, you, it's you, weird because I know I'm the guest and all, but I feel like I, I'm talking too much. But <laughs> No, no. Tell us about how you discovered the Henderson thing and then what, what you guys did and how, what you did there. Well. Um, I mean, see, I know you have conflicted feelings about it, but those kind of sensationalistic articles did kind of inform us about it, which I know the article itself is sensationalistic, but it did bring in some, uh, level-headed people in it as well to start it. Cause that's, that's one of the things that interests me the most is like all these like urban legend stuff. And I'm like, 
okay, these legends are really cool, but no way it's real. How about we go in and we, uh, like, like, like hitchhiker legends on the side of the road, you know, afterlife road, like roadside legends, like that shit is cool. Right. Clearly they're blown out of proportion. There's some sort of fact there. Figuring out fact first legend. That's, that's really cool to me. Uh, like I was saying before, like learning more about the history of an area through the paranormal lens. And continue so, to tell your story. I'll be right back. Okay. I got, I got to do something real quick. Go for it. So, um, you know, I was seeing all these sensationalistic um, articles about it. So I wanted to go to this beautiful castle in the middle of Michigan. You don't expect a castle in Michigan. There's a couple others, but you don't expect really a castle this grand with such a rich history to be in the middle of Kalamazoo. Hey, Tommy. Um, it is just you and me, Tommy. Um, you have a lot of comments here I need to catch up on, Tommy. Hopefully all the audio listeners know who Tommy uh, against the tombstones is. Um, and hopefully all the YouTube viewers are able to see the comments that I can see. And, and if they're watching on the replay, are able to go back and reread all these comments. Because this guy, Tommy, Tommy with the tombstones, he posts a lot. Most of them are just talking about beer and sweet 16s poking fun at Danny. What did I say, Tommy? Tommy amongst the tombstones. What did I say? Oh, I was having a good time with Tommy as the co-host. <laughs> yeah, because he's got he's he's to like, do his... It's just me and you now. And then he's, uh, he's shouting up a storm. But anyways... Um, yeah, I was seeing these articles. I'm like, man, is it again? Oh, I said, I said Tommy against the tombstones. No. <laughs> uh, sometimes no, he is against the tombstones. I've seen no, his videos. Sometimes you're against them, but usually you're amongst them. Um, this is great. It's a tongue twister. It is. Twister. Tommy is. amongst the tombstones. But anyways, back to the uh, Henderson Castle. Um, yeah. Uh, I was seeing these articles, and I'm like, man, that's really cool. I want to go and actually sort history because i'm sure there's some sort of fact to some of these uh because it was right around like we went in january so it was like right after i i must have reached out to them right after that big halloween surge kind of winded down you know and I oh mean, yeah. yeah like all the articles come out in like october so i was seeing all these and that kind of works out too because we always plan for like the indoor locations for the winter uh because we can't go to cemeteries and stuff that often then we save like the outdoor locations we've been researching for the summer in the spring and fall when we can actually go outside so okay we try to save the indoor locations around then anyways so i reached out to anderson castle with my uh with my standard email and then they were like hey we're pretty booked the next couple months you know because again the halloween search just winded down a lot of people probably reached out and they're like what we can do is you only because in my email request, I'm like, we only film for like two hours, you know? Right. Um, and I'm, they're like, you, you only film for an hour to two hours. Come by on a daytime tour. Uh, we'll let you in your crew. You only have a couple people. We'll let you uh, join one of the historical tours for free. And then you can film whatever B-roll you need during the tour. You can kind of linger back, do what you need to do. And then we can give you an hour to just explore the castle on your own. 
Right. Um, and they're like, just there's probably going to be some people in rooms or reserving rooms, respect that. And there's some rooms you can't go in because people pay to sleep in it and like respect them. We're like, of course, like, yeah, we're going to. Goes without saying, yeah. It's like, we're yeah, okay. Keep out of their room. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they're like, just go around people. And then that day, there's like a, <laughs> um, like a princess tea party thing going on. So like, there's oh, like yeah. kids in the ballrooms. So they're like, just stay with don't uh creep up behind uh, little girls and princess uh um dresses you know uh, uh with emf meters you know, like don't don't be creeps so, yeah don't be creeps um, on the kids man yeah um but um they were like yeah just stay away from the people you know the areas up on like the third floor like the in the ballroom and stuff will be pretty open there's like no one in there so get an hour to wander do your thing and you weren't there but, no, um, no, I was aware of you guys coming. You know, Tommy asked that. I was made aware. Francois makes me aware when groups are going to be there. And I actually was out of town doing an, an event. I was doing oh, wow. something. So, yeah. And it was during the day anyway. So, yeah. Um, and I would have been, well, he likes me to be there. You know, I would have shared stories with him and talked your head off like I've done tonight. That's all I do, man. That's all I do. It's all good. Right. But, um, yeah. And, um, so yeah, we had an hour to explore. Um, the historical tour was great. It was some other guy. I mean, it was no Danny, but it was still a great tour. Was Was he tall with like uh, old style clothing? Yeah. His name is Alexander. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. He's cool, dude. He helps me do the tour once in a while. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's a very yeah. cool guy. Yeah, Alex was cool. He was very uh, cryptic when he brought up the ghost stuff, which I appreciate. Yeah, um, cryptic and dry. That's that's cryptic, Alex. Yeah, I, I like that better than like. This is you, you will experience this year and this year and this year, and then that sort of just like creates bias. You sort of. And I don't do that on my tour either, brother. Yeah. I hear so, you. Um, so yeah, and then we had an hour to sort of explore, and you know there were those kids there, so we weren't gonna be like dicks and break out the spirit box and ruin their party with uh, the spirit box. Scare <laughs> the hell out of the kids, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> we did the spirit box with the head, you know, the headphone method, and we didn't really get much on that. And then we tried. Um, what you were referring to in, in the beds, we, you know, people were telling us all the time to get those like janky, like ghost apps on your phone. So we got a couple and we did a little test, no results out of that. Um, but that one area on the staircase, I forget which landing it was because, uh, gosh, it, you have to ask Drew. Drew, he knows our videos inside and out. I don't know how he, he's like the afterlife road historian. I, did it have the did they have the stained glass window in it or not? See, because I remember filming that stained glass window. Yeah, like I remember the shots I took. I I know the cool shots, but I don't. I have to rewatch the video. I would it imagine on one of the. Yeah, I'm trying to remember your video too. I I thought it, maybe it was on the back staircase. What's the um, what's the staircase where you go up and there's kind of like that, clock like, you go a little bit forward and there's like a two steps up to so like a closety area that would be the back step because if you did the front steps it just goes to the second level so that would be the servant steps yeah it goes up to an area there's a picture of jesus and then you enter the ballroom yeah that staircase right there yep at the ballroom um that's yep. is that where you took the picture i took it from that looking down yeah okay so it was yeah. that landing there because i remember um see i my memory is literally like the video like the shot i'm getting in the video everything that happens around me like you have to ask like the viewers because 
<laughs> I'm there. I make the video. I post it. You're focused. Yeah, you're focused, man. It's understandable. I don't rewatch the videos. It's understandable, man. Like the viewers who rewatch it, like through and stuff, they probably know better. But I remember. By the way, Tommy, I'm the I'm the better tour guide. I know I know the history there better than anybody that works there. Exactly. Go ahead. So that back staircase right there by the ballroom, which I guess would make sense because that ballroom area is where we were focusing our main investigation anyway, since that was where there were no people. There were people in some of the rooms and there were people outside that party and in the bottom and by the bar. But the top staircase, I had a, one of those backpacks that has a tripod holder where you, you can strap your tripod on the side of the mm-hmm. um, bag. And I always have my tripod strapped in uh, because you probably know as well as I carrying a tripod around while you're filming with two hands in a narrow staircase and with a bunch of people. You don't want to be whacking people, especially little kids. You don't want to whack a little kid over that with a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to create more ghosts than already exists. Yeah, correct. So I had it strapped in, but we get to the top of the staircase and um, my my friend Drew, who's there, he's kind of standing over looking over in the ballroom and we're just talking and I feel something tug at my tripod. I feel the tripod pull back a little bit, just a nothing crazy, you know, nothing. It, it was brief enough where I was like, maybe it got caught on something, but there's nothing. I remember you stating that. Yeah. In the video. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing there for it to get caught on, but it was hard enough for me to notice it and actually like, hand my camera to Drew and be like, hey, film me, make sure there's nothing around me. Um, and then that area got this like weird feeling right after. And then like Devin, who was with us, was like, yeah, I'm getting a little weirded out. Let's find a room and do a session. Right. Um, so that one area circus, then someone commented saying like two steps below that, like on the steps coming up, they caught like a cold spot or something. So kind of lined up. But yeah, you're uh, you're in an active area. I would tell yeah. you, I last time reported in that ballroom. Um, I'm not the only one who's had experiences. Again, I I can share uh, quite a few, but then to listen to me, you'd think I've had a lot of them there, but it's they're just few. There's just few, and the ballroom is one of them. Where during a tour, uh, a lady stopped me in the middle of my lecture, uh, standing up there by the bar, and said, "Does anybody else see that mirror?" And you know the mirrors that are hanging in there. Um, we didn't have these big bench seats that Francois has now, just round tables. And literally, that mirror was going back and forth away from the wall. And they're heavy mirrors. Yeah. And people are looking at me like we're pulling strings. And Chris, my assistant, goes over and just as he's about to touch it, put his hand on it, it lowers itself to the wall and stops. Um, this is where I had my run-in with Claire. Um, you know, so, yeah, you were in an active area, man. A lot's happened up yeah. there. But, uh, yeah, kind of to your point, too, like, granted, we were only there for an hour during the day while there was a party going on downstairs. So, like, you were saying a lot that happens there is auditory and, like, EVP. That was not – that was the yeah, only yeah. thing – that was, like, pretty much the only thing that was not an option. Yeah, because there's so many people there, it's contamination. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, like, we, granted, there were those conditions that right. maybe weren't ideal for an investigation. Well, I, I'm going to have you in. I'm going to bring like, – yeah, like my, have... point, my point being, like, it was honestly one of the coolest places we've been. One of the most memorable investigations uh, oh, cool. that I that, that still to this day, like hundreds later, you know, we that was what 2019, 2020. We've gone yeah. so many since then, and still Henderson sticks out just because <laughs> the history of the location, the 
I didn't really get any feelings of like ghosts, but I just got the feelings of like this is a cool building. It's like you could feel the history, not anything paranormal, but you could feel the history and just feel like this is such a cool place and the history is alive there. You could feel that uh, much of it. Nothing really jumped out as super spooky or paranormal. Uh, now the cemetery, on the other hand, um, yeah, someone commented saying you need to investigate the cemetery across the street. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is one of those things. That we, I, don't, I don't know if you're the same, but I, I, I tend to go on two types of investigations. One is the heavily researched. We're prepped for it. We know the ins and outs of the location. We do all the research beforehand. Then there's a type we drive by a place. They're like, oh, that might be a cool investigation. And then just go in with absolutely zero knowledge, do all the research after. So I, do I, both. Like, both, I like both of those. But yeah. um, the cemetery, I kind of took a screenshot of the comment saying, the, the comment didn't go into detail. They just said there's a cemetery across the street. I guess we didn't realize there's a cemetery when we were there initially. Like no one at the castle told us there, there's a cemetery right across the street. I guess we didn't see it. Because it's kind of which is weird. It's huge. It's right there when you're coming up the hill. Yeah, we didn't realize, but um, but also we were filming a bunch of things back in back that day, so we were kind of in and out of the castle. Like, and you're focused on other things. Yeah, it's it's understandable. We were driving through Kalamazoo. This was like a year or two later, because this was like our first one of our first filmings, like during COVID, like right when things were starting to open back up, like during that summer, and. I was meeting one of my friends who lives in the Kalamazoo area and, you know, I hadn't seen her in like a year because of COVID. Uh, but we went out to eat and we were going to go to um, this other haunted place and we drove through Kalamazoo and she's like, Oh, there's a cemetery. At the same time, I was like, Oh, there's the Henderson castle. And I'm like, wait, cemetery Henderson castle. I think we right. got a comment about this. So I pulled <laughs> up the comment. And all the comment says is you should investigate the cemetery across from the castle. And you should. Yeah. So we pulled over and uh, this was like, you know, we, we just went on this really intense investigation at a cemetery that looked very similar to the cemetery across from Henderson. So I was like, you know, maybe give me a week or two. Cause I, I don't know if I really want to get deja vu and get all creeped out tonight. So how about we investigate, it was like five o'clock. And I'm like, how about we investigate for like an hour until the sun goes down. And once the sun goes down, we'll go to our actual investigation spot. So this is sort of like a preliminary, just walk around as the sun goes down. And I guess I was ignorant to the fact that it was like, actually had to do with the Henderson castle. Like the Henderson plot is actually there. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that. Like I didn't research the cemetery at all. Like I said, like this was very impromptu when we best, like the castle was planned beforehand. We knew when we had to be there. We knew what was, we knew we did the history research mm-hmm. before. Then we went on the tour itself. So we, we knew everything going in, but then the cemetery was totally spontaneous. And I didn't realize that any, I just thought it was across the street. So while we're filming uh, there for, at first, I'm just like trying to get shots with the, castle kind of in the background because i'm like yeah some b-roll stuff yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like i want to create some sort of an angle where the henderson castle is involved like i'm like trying to make up an angle i'm like oh that's we found a cemetery in the shadow of the castle uh and i'm like but it has nothing to do with the castle i'm making stuff so then we take out spirit box and in my head i'm like 
how do I kind of make this a sequel? Because the Henderson Castle video kind of did well, and I really enjoyed the castle. I'm like, maybe if we do another video having to do kind of with the castle, maybe more people will come forward with stories about the castle. Mm-hmm. And maybe if we get a chance to investigate the castle again, we'll, we'll, right. we're on with more knowledge. Right. So I'm like, I kind of want to make this have to do with the castle a little bit. So we're just doing a spirit box. And we get these voices, the same male voice. Now, you've used a ghost box, spirit box. You oh, yeah. know that it's not often you get the same voice repeated. It's a rarity, but yeah, yeah. it happens. It's yeah. not often where you get multiple responses and they're mm-hmm. all in the same exact voice. Very rare, yep. That are, yeah. And it was this guy, same guy. And he was telling us where to go. He was giving us directions in the cemetery. And we're like, should we follow? Like, we're like, okay. And like, we're kind of giddy because like, we haven't investigated in a while, you know, COVID, we couldn't really do much. So we're kind of giddy. We're like, oh, dude, we're getting directions. And uh, directions lead right to Frank Henderson's grave. And I'm Very like, cool. I didn't moment, know that. Yeah. I did I'm, not know I'm, that story. That's cool. I'm like, wow, I guess the Henderson is here. And right when we get to, because you know the Henderson, it has like one of those. I don't know what's. I don't know terms, but it has it's one of those big family sort of thing. That's family just, plot, yeah, and it's got a big obelisk there that's yeah. says Henderson Taylor on yeah. it, and that's their so family. The thing that says Henderson, we go up, and I'm trying to get a shot. Right when we approach the Henderson plot, we hear these. We hear like taps coming from the big thing saying Henderson, like taps, like something is trying to reach out and like tap to get our attention. So I'm like. That's cool. And then the voices stop once we get there. It's like it just wanted us to lead us right to mm-hmm. the Henderson grave. And I'm like, that's cool. So I'm like, don't need to create an angle. Like it has to do with it's the, there. Yeah. I'm it's like, there. And then that was that was a cool moment because I didn't realize that it was um directly tied and that, that was cool. Yeah, and it's but and it's, it's in his, itself. Um, I I don't know if Alec shared this with you, but it, it was in Frank's will that um when he be buried that he picked that spot on that hill so that in the day when all those trees were not there and or and or small very small um he could see his house so he was obviously you know as a mason a believer in the afterlife um and all the families built there the the only person we can't find uh, which is really strange is the baby that lived a year jenny um and i don't know if she's in jawajack or what but uh it's not there. I mean, I've looked. I've I've tried to figure it out. That's a, that's kind of an odd mystery that we're trying to solve. Um, but that's cool that you heard voices leading you there because that's a that's a very active cemetery. Yeah. Uh, that's one of our oldest because they have uh, on Vine Street in Kalamazoo. There's a park called Pioneer Park, and there's an octagon house which is famous, which is down by that area, Fourth Coast Coffee. If you've been here before, maybe you know where I'm talking about. But um, that was our pioneer cemetery and they were told that you have to move everybody from there to where you went and not everybody made it. There's still 150 bodies buried in that park in the middle of town. And you will not see too many homeless people sleeping there at night uh, in summer, in summer, spring months. And they tell you why, because the damn place is haunted. I I've worked it and I, we've gotten some strange things, but I just don't know. I'd say it's haunted. But that cemetery, I grew up three blocks from the castle, Ben. I don't know if I didn't tell you that. Um, so I'm literally on Berkeley Street. So when you get the top of West Main Hill and you see Tiffany's, you know, the beer store, uh, there's, yep. I think it's a dollar store now. That's Berkeley Street. I lived right at the end of that street. 
Um, I used to slide down that hill at the castle when I was a kid uh, in the 70s, uh, you know, just a lot of, of fun times. But we used to dare each other to stay, who could stay the longest in that cemetery. Now, mind you, I'm already having things happen with me as a kid, uh, seeing strange stuff and shadow people, you know. And my house, I think, was haunted when we moved into it because it was 120 years old when we moved into it. And uh, just a strange cemetery. So if you get a chance to spend more time, go back. I, I yeah. would tell you, yes, do it. I definitely find out. Because the cemetery, like the castle, like I said, like very cool. I want to spend more time there because I think <clears throat> if we spend more than an hour not with a bunch of commotion going on. No, my, in, my invite on here, on here right. over the air is very real. You know, if there's a night we can put it together and we can have like maybe – you know, anywhere I would, I wouldn't want any more than six people there. It just gets oh, yeah. to be too much, even though it's a big house. I would say, you know, like with Tommy and a couple of us, if you guys can make the trip in, I'll, I'll get you in at night. We'll pick a night during the week. That's the thing. You know, I tell people that, it, you know, during the week, they don't have as many people who are booking, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, at the hotel. So maybe work something out and we'll have you in as a guest, which, you know, I have like this with Francois. So we'll make it happen so you have a little more of a vetted situation so that you can try to get more, you know, with not right. so much noise going on. Maybe sure. get you some rooms to have you guys spend the night or something. That'd too. be cool. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. like, the cemetery, that's a place I would go. Even without <laughs> it. Like, the cemetery, I definitely, that's on my list of places I want to go back to. Because that place, we were also there for only, like, an hour. And we got so much <clears> happening. We Did were you do talking any... about uh, doing kind of what you were saying um, when uh, my friend turned 21, we were going to go back to the Henderson, <laughs> like all get a room and do their yeah. wine. But then she turned 21 during COVID. So that didn't work out, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, did you do any research on the cemetery? Because I have a couple things to throw at you about that cemetery. Uh, maybe you don't know. Mount, Mount Home. The Henderson. Mountain Home Cemetery, yep. I, a little bit. Talk away. I'll uh, well, you know, Admiral Byrd. Admi <laughs> yeah, well, history, you know, you're a history guy. Drew's a history yeah. guy. Admiral Byrd uh, had excursions to the Arctic and Antarctic. Um, one of his people that were with him on that was a, uh, a African-American gentleman. And we have a historic marker to him, and he's buried in that cemetery. Guy actually went on with, um, you know, that that excursion. Uh, the other thing is, is that a guy by the name of John Fetzer, now he's way before your time. Um, John Fetzer owned the Detroit Tigers back in the day, back in the forties the and fifties. And, uh, he is also started or after the cassette. Oh boy. This is way before he before owned a radio, he owned, a, he owned radio stations here and among other, a lot of different things. He was, you know, millionaire and, um, he started cable television. That's no lie. He brought cable television to West Michigan, so we were now getting Detroit and Chicago on cable, um, and the rest is history. And John is buried there right where you stand at Henderson. If you were to look towards the castle and the, that hill that's to your left, if you go over that hill, he's got a huge, huge tomb down there. But we've got, we've got some famous people here. Um, one that I would definitely have you stand by was uh, uh, Captain Orcutt or Colonel Orcutt's uh, grave. Uh, he was a Civil War hero, was our first county sheriff, and it's still unsolved to this day. Uh, he had a guy in his jail. His house was attached to the jail in downtown Kalamazoo. Somebody helped this man escape, shot him. He died of his wounds, and Pinkertons were brought in, and they never found 
the people that, that you know, that shot him to death uh, with this escapee. So uh, people say they hear a lot of weird stuff up there, but I will tell you, I'm happy to see young people like you um, in your age group. And I mean this, that they're understanding that these are also parks. They're not just, they're not just cemeteries for dead people. I see people up there having luncheons, putting out a blanket and they're there among, you know, the dead, but that's what they were designed to be. They, they were designed to be parks too. Just show respect right. when you're in there. You know, that's all I ask of people, but exactly. uh, yeah. And we, we've done that before. Where if we have a particularly like intense yeah. encounter with a particular grave, we'll come back during the day to like just leave flowers or whatnot. We've done right, that right. That's very cool. I mean, now, we can't do that for like a cemetery <laughs> that's three hours away, but now there's like websites like Find a Grave where we can do that like digitally because we can't always go three hours every day right. to a cemetery. But if it's local and we have an intense encounter, we're able to do that. We we do it. Yeah, I would tell you too, you know, um, like I said, hope you guys can make a, a visit back and uh, other stuff that you're about. But um, man, you know, I want to have you back on again so we can cover a lot more of the things that you guys have been and places you've been. But uh, the Claire Burley story, I will share that here uh, very quickly that um, it, it's something that happened my first visit to the castle. I heard something in the, one of the tower rooms, which is now the King's Room, King's Tower. Uh, it was just a storage facility at the time. So as we're walking through, and I've got a team in the basement, three people, and it's me and my wife and another person, um, I had heard a voice to my left. And when you go into that room now, it's a huge bathroom. Before, it was a storage area, and it was covered with dust. I mean, you know, it went about six feet in, and then there was a loft section, too, where they had thrown some old stuff up there for storage. And um, as I looked in, because I heard somebody go, hey, um, the other two people didn't hear it. Um, as sensitive as I am, I wasn't feeling much, but I knew I heard somebody. And uh, I looked in with my flashlight and I noticed a stack of pictures against the wall in gold frame. And for me to reach those, physically reach them, I would have had to have stepped up into that room and walked about three or four feet to get to them at least. So I couldn't reach them with my arm. And as I looked down, I noticed, and I hadn't stepped in, that the floor is covered with like that light gray dust, you know. So mm-hmm. if, I, if anybody had been in there or walked inside there, um, that, um, you know, it would be, it'd be disturbed. Yeah. So I saw, as I raised my flashlight, I saw on one of the pictures, somebody had written something. It looks fresh. Oh, wow. And they had written Claire. And I'm thinking that short for clara henderson i'm thinking man this is way way too good to be true and there's no way you could reach it i mean you'd have to have freaking freddy krueger arms you know uh, stretching across there to reach this thing so i went down and had them stand guard and i went down um we had to be careful in there too because there were old 1895 gas lines um so i go down and get the owner and laura i bring laura up and i said hey did you let your kids play in here? She's like, well, no, because we have gas lines. We haven't opened the store for three years. That's how long that storage facility had been locked. And they're three years into owning it. So I go, the housekeeper doesn't come in here. She's like, no, we do not let anybody in here. You know, in fact, that carpet that's up against, you know, the step where you guys come in is covering that gas line because we don't want that gas line to break because the house will blow up. So I'm like, well, you've got to see this. So we stood at the doorway. I lit it up and she's like, oh my, you know, one of those reactions because she's like, well, how did that get on there? I'm like, I, that's what I'm asking you because I'm thinking somebody's having us on, you know, but there's no way they, they, they would have disturbed the dust in here. 
So I finally stepped in. I walked over to it and I scrubbed the top part just to see how fresh the dust would be. Because maybe this had been done a long time ago, three years ago. And maybe the dust didn't quite cover it. No, this is fresh. You know, I examine it closer. It's fresh. And so I'm left with the possibility of, of instantly thinking this is paranormal. It's got to be. Who the hell would, who could reach in there and write on this? Took me a year, sir, a year to track this down. Um, I went everywhere. And I'm leaving out a lot of this, this story. But, I mean, it took me a year. Clear in Michigan, downtown Kalamazoo, all sorts. I went to my psychic friend that I believed in because I know she's the real deal. You know, I've met a lot of phonies. Um, and she told she gave me some clues, but she kept telling me that it wasn't Clara, it was a man. Because she said she saw a little old man. I'm like, what? So, you know, I'm going, what? There's no little old man that's attached to the castle. Yeah. So uh, you know, we're into a, a little bit under a year of trying to me trying to discover who who this could be, what it's about. Um, I'm across at that cemetery that you're talking about, and I I have two two new people, and um, I'm running a training with some of my folks where I'm teaching them, you know, the do's and don'ts of EVP work. It's about three something in the afternoon, three thirty, three forty five, something like that. Uh, warm fall day sun's behind us it's, it's about 60 degrees and uh brought you know a lot of sunlight and as we're talking we're standing at the henderson taylor uh, burial site where you stood and i get this image in my head and it's this little man this little old man i see him like a quick picture that's how i tell people i see things uh, not all the time but sometimes and he's like danny and i hear his voice he's like over here he's waving me over right i know this seems impossible but that's how i get stuff no it's not impossible i know what he means yeah. so so i beeline to these kitty corner from where the hendersons are buried and when we meet each other and you come visit i'll take you right to meet claire so i'm i'm i hear the group go oh god because they know once i'm focused on stuff everything else is done this is where i'm going so I get over there. There's this huge grave marker for a family. Um, and I'm standing at this lilac bush. Now, they've since taken the lilac bushes out of there, which is ridiculous because they were beautiful. Love the smell. And they, for some reason, they were blooming at this late part of the fall. It was just really weird. And then we saw this ball of light, uh, much like you've described. That's one of my other incidents. And my crew, I got three or four people where they saw it too. The sun's behind us and there's no lights over there. So we're like, what is that? And we saw it move slightly, and then, it, I mean, didn't blink. It was just, like, gone. Um, I'm getting excited. I apologize. It's just it's just a cool yeah. experience. So I, I'm, I'm, I still see him, and he's like, I'm right here, Danny, and then it stops. And as I turn to my left and I walk, I'm not looking down because, you know, there's headstones that come out of the ground there, too. You've been there. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice two of them, and the second one I tripped over. I actually bumped my foot on it and I kind of tore my shin up a little bit because I went down on it slightly and I almost did the whole Captain Kirk roll. I got up and I looked back on it and I asked everybody this. Can you imagine what the name is on this headstone? It's Claire spelled exactly like this. I, I, I wasn't going to guess Claire. Yeah, it's Claire and it says Claire Burley. Wow. And he was a volunteer. Get this uh, in, in the Michigan volunteers. Um, I have the info sheet, but basically he was in the Michigan Volunteer Spanish-American War. I'm like, whoa, you know, so I kneel down. We got recorders going. Um, I ask, is, are you the Claire um, that had contacted me at the castle? I've been looking for you. Do you need you. to ask, though? I did. I, I just want, okay. I wanted verification. Everything seems to line up. 
It does, but it's the skeptic, dude. It's I'm like I can't just line it up. I gotta have I gotta have other parts. I would have asked too, but then you kind of look back and you're like, did I need to ask, or was it obvious? I did. I was kind of thinking, do I need to ask? But I thought I do because that's how I operate. So I I played it back live time. We got a gravel. Yes, I asked if we could take a photo. Played it back again. I wait about thirty seconds after questions. Um, and we got another gravel jest, and then he just kind of stopped talking to us. Um, I became emotional kind of thinking I, I, I found this guy for some reason, he came to the castle, which I can, from his grave, I can see the castle. I can see the house. I don't know why I'm looking here. <laughs> yeah. Point and right there. <laughs> the um, castle. <laughs> there's the castle. So I can see that I can see the castle. So, um, I think I found him, but I, I took the information and of course, you know, Google was just starting to rear up. A lot of things were happening on the net. That's how long ago this was. And I was, I mean, we were still using MySpace for crying out loud. So uh it was that or before or after the cassette? Way after the cassette. MySpace? What about oh, yeah. Walkman? Oh yeah, we're talking, we're talking nineties. Yeah, it's it's nine or it's it's not it's not nineties. I'm sorry, early two thousands. So we were, you know, people Facebook had just kind of started its thing or was around the corner because I'm vague on that because I do know that my my group had its page on MySpace. So I think we were making the shift. Yeah. So I'm where I go with here. this you is that, with your story. oh, I know. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you asked this stuff because I need to, I got it written down. I got files because my memory is shit with some things. So anyway, where we go with this is that um, I have a girl contact me. I'm on the Halloween show a couple of weeks after that uh, in October. And she said, hey, Dan, you remember me? I'm Denise. Went to school with you, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, my God. Yes, Denise. How you doing? She was, you know, I got a little bit of the gift. I had a, a, a traumatic brain injury. And shortly after that, I started hearing and seeing things. And she goes, and I know some of it was in my head for the first couple of months, you know, while I was healing. She goes, but now it's just like I, I think it's otherworldly. So I'm thinking, well, I'll talk to her. Sound a little crazy, but I talked to her. And she goes, well, I heard you were looking for a research person. And I used to do a lot of records keeping for the county and I'm into history. I said, well, here's what I've got. I've got Claire Burley. I tried to, to do the internet search thing. I couldn't find him. You know, I couldn't find him on veterans things, nothing. And so, I mean, I knew what the company was because I found the, the company he was in and I still hadn't located some stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm also micromanaging the group and I'm, I'm the guy who's doing all the damn review and everything. And I was just overwhelmed with things that we had been sitting on for a couple months of investigations. So the short story is, is that I hand it to Denise. She takes it. She meets me at fourth coast a week later. We're having coffee. Uh, she's emotional. I thought she'd come back with just like a couple pieces of paper. She had a stack of stuff oh. and I'm thinking, damn, who is this guy? You know? And, uh, she found out first of all, that she's related to him, which was weird as shit. I mean, just the circle. And so her great, great grandmother and his were the same person. She's related to the damn guy. What are the odds? What are the odds? So the next part was, she goes, well, I got a thank you letter from the uh, Spanish American Wars Veterans Honor Roll Association because they've been looking for him. They didn't know where he was buried because he was divorced. He died alone. Um, he's not buried at Fort Custer. Somebody paid for his grave and he's buried there on, on the hill over there. And so they said, Southern Michigan Paranormals, thank you. Uh, we've added him to our roles. You've located him. Thank you. So I'm like overwhelmed, like, wow. You know, she goes, well, it gets better. Um, we also have a thank you letter from the Veterans Administration because of the normal administration didn't know where he was buried either. This guy was just lost. And so we got a thank you letter from them. 
And if it couldn't get any better with the icing on the cupcake, as I were to say, um, she goes, oh, I got one more thing. She goes, I, I got a book that's out there. It's called the Michigan 98. Um, and it's a pictorial history of all the Michigan volunteer units who served in the Spanish-American War. And she goes, and the information I have attached to this and a picture of, of Claire, before I shared the picture, she says, I just want to tell you that, you know, James Henderson, who's the son of Frank, also served in that company, but a different unit. And they mustered out of Kalamazoo. And I'm like, no you know, no effing way, man. We're like putting together a, a Scooby-Doo crying scene here. It's just, it's one of those things. So I was like, no way. And she goes, yeah. And guess who made the banner and presented it to them by hand? And I'm like, Frank Henderson, of course. She's like, yep. I'm like, so there's the Henderson connection, right? So I'm thinking, man, how much better could this get? And uh, so she gives me this and I finally see a photo of him. I didn't see him like that. Um, we have a, we have a, a little sheet that I have at, at my lecture uh, tour. And um, there he is with his hat cocked and he's the leader of his band. Uh, he's the leader of the band and, 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 and his uh, unit. Um, the cool thing is, is that he never went out of the States. They served stateside, but uh, she also went on eBay within a short period of time and she bought this, um, uh, it's called a draft letter. It's like an assignment, you know, where yeah, they record yeah. the draft. And at that time, we discovered that in order to go serve in the Spanish-American War as a volunteer, they didn't want people running out on their kids and their wives. You know, you weren't going to volunteer and run out on, on your, your, your family. So here's this write-up in this book mentioning him. And, it's, and there's statements in there from his wife that he is cantankerous and you can have the bastard in those very words. Um, we have a copy of that. So they divorced. He never had children. Um, Denise was experiencing things for that short week too, where she would hear somebody say Claire and I'm leaving out again, parts, uh, other parts to the story, but you know, I was having run-ins and I was hearing stuff during a, a podcast, Ben, I, I, with a guest in North Dakota, I had about 3000 or so listeners. This is when we were doing our live shows and, uh, we, we downed, uh, blog talk servers because, the minute they heard this woman in my studio say, Claire, uh, they crashed because everybody was trying to call into the show to tell me they heard something over the, over the show. And it came out of my studio speakers, dude. It's just how weird the story gets. Sorry so, to underestimate you, Danny. Uh, I, this is one of the best ghost stories I've heard so far. Well, I, you know, entire years here <laughs> ghost stories. This is one of the best. And I totally thought from the minute you started that, the big plot twist was you're going to find someone other than Clara in the cemetery. So then when you're talking about a cemetery, I'm like, Oh, this is how the story ends. And then you're like, guess who guess. And then you were saying all this stuff about the, the flash image, which I've had a flash image or two other people have had a flash image. It's always weird. I'm like, okay, I didn't expect that. And then you're yeah, seeing yeah. the orb and the voices was expected. And then you said you saw and guess what the name was. I'm like, Claire. Yeah, it's it's Claire. weird, man. That's how the story was going to end. No, it's it's Big getting there. It's it's, it's almost oh done. God. So so all that activity. Once she shared that stuff with me, I made an appointment with uh, Peter and Lauren McNellis, who were the prior owners, and um, I told them I have something to share with you about that picture. And uh, I came in, and we gave me and Denise gave them the information, and they were in tears. I was in tears. It's an emotional thing yeah. because we felt that we were providing a service to somebody who seemed to be lost, and he wanted obviously to be found. I mean, 
I used to, you know, when I, you'd go to, con, uh, to court against people, we would convict people with less evidence. You know, I would, I tell people that, man, we knew, I think we were right on, on target with this and it's paranormal. It's paranormal too. Yeah. So the it's, next it's thing, paranormal. it's like weird it, it, in the air. It's a, I think it's a beautiful story. I, you know, so it's it gets to the point where um, we hand over the information, all the contact that I was having and whatever was going on, Denise, she yeah. said, the minute we talked to Pete and Laura, it just stopped. Like he was gone. And I didn't really feel his presence anymore type of deal. Um, so the next thing is, I think it was probably another week or so. Uh, again, it's fuzzy on that, but uh Laura called me up and said she wanted to meet me at the castle. And I was just done working a double, man. I'm in uniform, badge, and all my crap. And I'm just like, oh, God. You know, and we had just done an investigation in between that period. We were there for a couple hours. I'm thinking, one of my idiots broke something. She's going to, I got to go write a check. And so (laughs) I go in there and she played it to the hilt and told me to sit down in the tea room. Uh, Pete would be with me in a minute. And I'm thinking, oh, man. And I was, I wasn't thinking gifts or anything. And so Pete walks in and he's got this big brown package and they presented me with that picture. Um, he had wrapped it in brown paper as to not touch any of the stuff on the, on the picture. Um, so what I will show you is that if you look right there, see where it says Halloween Henderson castle, that's it. And if I were to pull that off the wall and you get close enough, you can still see Claire written in it. I preserved it. So they oh, gave that to me as, as a gift. And I mean, I I'm emotional over that too, at the time. And I told storyteller, Danny, you had dude, the lights off the whole entire time. Just so you can dramatically turn the light on. <laughs> dude, the, the gold leaf on that frame alone, it's 1890s. It's, it's, oh, wow. I got a, I got a couple thousand dollars hanging there. That's why I told them, no, you know, I can't, I'm yeah. not that type of guy. I don't want to take your stuff. And even though it's cool, you know, put it on display at the castle with the story and, and share the story is where I was. But uh, anyway, Pete told me, he's like, look, dude, you're going to take it or I'm going to shove it up your ass, you know, type of thing. So because uh, we want you to have this. And and I think we did him a favor. And to follow to, to leave you with the end is that we had done a Halloween thing that year. And I had the idea of that we were going to I was going to do a ghost tour. We had Halloween stuff on display. End of the night, we were going to have people take a tour with us, and I got the idea of doing, I'm going to do the Haunted uh, Castle from Disney. So I had pe- actors upstairs with fog rolling across the floor, and there's old-time music from the 1890s playing, and they're dancing like we're not like they don't see us. I told everybody, you need to act this out as if we're not here. You're, doing, you're living your life, your spirits. Yeah. And we had some play the daughters. We had somebody play Frank. Nice. So we get to that room. And I had a black sackcloth, literally a sackcloth, because I wanted something pitch black. And we had low lighting in there. So um, I had a a, a strobe light plan. And I went and got my son, Paul, my oldest son. uh, He was about 16 at the time. We went and got him costumed up at the Civic Theater in Spanish-American war uniform. They gave us a rifle. He had the holster. He had everything, man. And we painted him up like he was dead, you know, white face and the dark circles in the eyes. And I said, here's all I want you to do. At one point, when I give you this word, here's the cue. Um, I want you to step out and have the rifle. And I want you to look around. And you want, I want you to say these words like, where are all my buddies? Where are my friends? Where's my friends? And then step back into that cloth. Because when you'd step back into it, it would part. And then it closed again as if he's just going into a, a, a black room. 
and it was silent because I had my back to everybody and I had a good 70 people with us on this tour and I heard sniffling and crying, Ben, and I felt really terrible. I turned around, people were bawling their heads off. And my, my effect was I wanted to creep them out, not have them cry. So it went over well and uh, my son didn't know what to do. And, and so we carried on, but uh, Claire Burley is, is close to my heart there. And um, like you had mentioned about, you know, taking flowers and stuff, you know, for the longest time, my group was going there and just, you know, laying wreaths. And of course, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, we go put flags out there. We help out. But uh, I just wanted to share that story with you. Very, hey, very cool story. Now I want to go back to cemetery to go pay respects to Claire. Yeah. Now that's something I want to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> for an investigation. I will take you there to meet him. I'll take you to meet him. Um, hey, I appreciate So what's on the planning scope for you? What's next for you guys? Um, what's next? um henderson castle henderson castle <laughs> uh uh the only thing that's a definitive uh coming up is we got the afterlife road film coming out soon this summer um i'm aiming for like may or june but we'll see um i was aiming for october but um october came and passed and then you can't it's kind of lame to release like a paranormal movie in like november because like if you pass october you pass october you have to wait at least till december to do that so then i was like well if i'm gonna wait might as well yeah. use my time to um make it as good as it can be because kind of a perfectionist so kind of winding down finally that um um the the film the, the post-production process I, I i have the film itself done i was just like i've been working on like the script and stuff uh, but I was just, I, I went to Chicago last week and I took the train. So uh, on the train, I was like trying to finish up the script. So that, that should be wrapping up here soon. It's a lot harder to write on a train. I didn't expect it to be so bumpy in spots. Yeah. You're like me. me, me. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, I thought it'd be cool to like write on a train. You know, that's, that's what a writer does. He but, does. Yeah. I get what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah it's kind of difficult. So um, I didn't get as much writing done as I anticipated, but I still got enough where I feel like I'm in a better place than I was last week. So the movie should be out by May or June. Um, basically, it's, um, you know, I we started filming it last year when I was graduating. So that was kind of like, everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do with Actually for when you graduate? So I'm like, well, I guess like for a while, Afterlife Road was you know, college kids, like that was the shtick. Like we were college kids doing ghost investigations. And then when we're not in college anymore, we like, obviously there has to be some sort of right. rebranding or whatever. Um, so that's kind of where lately, like the website, I made a new website, sort of condensed the YouTube channel a little bit because like we're not playing on the fact that we're college kids anymore. We're like, you know, we, we have this back catalog. We have these stuff we've done. Now let's move on from here. We're no longer in college. We're adults. We're making all sorts of content, all sorts of parahistorical, historical, paranormal, horror type, all, branching out to do all these types of things. Been experimenting with more short form, like uh, visual stuff on the channel lately. Uh, so the movie is basically about spending your college years ghost hunting on the weekends that's very cool and we're um 
I always say, I don't believe in ghosts, but there are two places that I will say are haunted. I know that doesn't make any sense. I don't believe in ghosts, but there are two places I say are, are haunted. But like there are legit two places where I, I when I'm there, I'm convinced. Um, and basically one of them is uh, Simpson Hospital, which we've been to repeatedly a bunch throughout the years. And the other is this other location that we went to twice and was so profound, the experiences there. And there's so little about it because it's like this abandoned park in the middle of the woods. And there's so much fear because a lot of the legends are sort of wrapped up in the satanic panic era of the 80s. Oh, All yeah. the locals were kids at the time. So like the generation that grew up as kids fearing this location. So no one wants to talk about it because of this fear. Then all that you can research and find out is just fear and satanic panic, like scapegoating this abandoned park with satanic panic stuff. So it's like, there's no information. So the film is basically like, our investigation was so intense. It was the only time anyone has had anything physical happen. Someone legit got thrown down to the ground and she refused to take part in the movie or investigate with us after she got scratched um all this crazy stuff so it was us returning to this location for final investigation of our college years and sort of using our return investigation here to this abandoned park and learning more about its history and speaking with locals about their experiences and using that to sort of tell our bigger story of this right. our first investigations we're coming full circle to face it finally um and how in the process we're telling our story cool i look forward to i look forward to seeing that you know maybe you'll do a premiere over here too in kalamazoo and yeah, put together an event you never know hopefully you guys are going to come out to august 20th you know yes uh ghost and rama yeah yeah man i look forward to having you there too as well so everybody um tell everybody where they can find your youtube all the pertinent information to uh ben and the afterlife road productions yeah, um, if you go on YouTube, it's Afterlife Road Productions on YouTube. Then we also have a Facebook and Instagram. Those are the only other two um, social medias. I think the handles is Afterlife Road Productions. Or you can go to afterliferoadproductions.com. It's a nifty URL right there. Just literally the same thing as the YouTube, afterliferoadproductions.com. And that okay. has additional stuff on there that isn't on YouTube as well, like videos and stuff. Yeah, and I look forward to you know possibly working with you and and your crew and possibly. stuff. It'll be, be a lot of fun. Well, we possibly. will, we will, we will. Because okay. um, all this whole time it was we're gonna this is just one phone call, but then you know in the future we're gonna work together. Now it's possibly. It's yeah, I've tried to t I've tried to tell people that I I'm friendly, man. Just put my hand out, and people are like, I don't want it to do with Dan. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, I was going to tell you too that you know there's a group of film students uh, from MSU who did a documentary with us. Um, man, I don't remember how many years ago it was now, but they came here to a place we called the Clarence House, Clarence Street House. And uh, it was supposed to be run uh, not only for their project, but they took it to film festivals. And um, so if it's out there, I'd love to have you see it sometime. I've got it up on this channel here. I believe we have a copy of it here. If not, I've got it elsewhere. Uh, maybe I think on our network. Yeah, it's in the videos on our network. 
And we took them to a house and I kept them in every room because I didn't want any hanky panky or strange, you know, people doing shit because I just met these kids and I'm going to give it to you MSU guys because we had a blizzard that night and we told these kids, listen, man, we're going to go to the house because it's in town for us, but I don't want you guys making this jaunt from Lansing. And they had a car that was about half the size of mine, this tiny little car. And they, you know what? They braved it. I was worried about them. I, I offered to have them spend the night, even in this house. Uh, and we had all sorts of strangers go on. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the most MSU thing I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I give them props, man. And uh, as it goes, like I said, stuff happened while they're there because I didn't want them faking stuff. And I shared an EVP from the house and uh, from a ghost box session and stuff. So give, take a look at it and let me know what you think. Yeah. Um, I then had a, a group of Grand Valley State College uh, film people also uh, I do know the girl that worked with us on that. She's actually working for PBS here in Michigan, West Michigan now. But um, very cool. Same thing. We took them out to the Hartford Museum, and they filmed parts of it there. They filmed some parts at Henderson. They filmed in the cemetery you visited. So it's just a, a, a conglomerate of different. I'm not sure where they were going with that one. Uh, but uh, I would love to have you look at those. And, and like I said, I'd love to talk with you uh, down the road about working on some filming and some, some ideas I have. And, and one about Henderson, I'm looking for somebody to, to get with me and film Henderson, but I don't want it paranormal. I want to do a historical document, uh, a documentary style deal on the history of the house. And then at the end, we'll talk about some of the paranormal happenings and uh, that just be kind of the, the, you know, the little Easter egg at the end. Right. Um, and I'm willing to sit with somebody and help write it, uh, put it together. Um yeah, amongst some other stuff, you know, I got I got stories and shit to to uh, share with people, Ben, and then I tell people it's like the one thing you can rest assured with me is that it's all actually happened. I don't just make up right. crazy stories. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk. Me... Cause I have some ideas too. I think you might be interested in after. Oh yeah, because after life road movies winding down now. So um, Morrow Road. Now, I gotta... now I have time. I always like to have one project I'm working on in the background. So now, I this one project is winding down. You call me at the right time where I'm looking for a new person. Yeah, to yeah. Work. All I would tell anybody out here is, and I, I've talked to Drew about this, I met some people who are doing a production about the legend of Morrow Road. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, this gentleman I met is actually one of the main, he's playing the main actor in this little film, which is based on that legend. Um, and I'm talking about uh, projecting up and going up to check this place out. Daytime reconnaissance, filming, and then at night maybe give it our give it our shot a couple nights maybe. Yeah. And see what we get. You know, everybody's yeah. got a crybaby bridge in their state, man. Every yeah, state's got one. Me about that because I, I, I was at some investigation. Some EMT was. It was we were doing some tour, uh, somewhere, and then this EMT we met. He's like, "Hey, can I join you on an investigation?" That's always awkward because like he paid, to go on a ghost hunt with us, and then, like, the next week he was going on a free ghost hunt somewhere else with us because he asked. So that's kind of awkward. Whatever. Like he wanted to be I've been there. I've been there, so, man. Um, he came and he was a guest and he's like, yeah, there's this place uh, across the street from me, like in town called Mora Road. And he, I was like, oh, I've heard of it. I've never been. I'm like, have you been? Apparently it's, there's like the one that exists now isn't the one that actually is a legend. So I don't know. He was, he seems to know a little bit about it. I can message him. Like I told you. I'm with you on that. I tried lining it up and it's like, that does not look yeah. like the same. Yeah. So it, uh, it is, we'll figure it out. Apparently he knows a little bit. Apparently, we'll figure it out. Yeah. The, 
there's some confusion about where the road actually in the bridge is. Well, hell, Ben, uh, we've done two hours. Uh, you know, my wife yeah. peeked in a little bit ago. She goes, I thought you were you were going to only do it for an hour. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what I it is. We once I, an hour. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once, once, once we get going, uh, I like to just keep going as long as we're on uh, having fun and having a hot topic. But please come back for a, you know, like a return rather than a part two. Uh, if you're available, we'll put it together. Um, and it's going to be, you know, soon. Um and I just appreciate you spending your time and having patience with me and coming out here. It was a great time. Uh, thank you for having me. It didn't take much patience on my end. I appreciate your patience dealing with me and then Tommy in the comments. That's that's what takes all the patience is Tommy, Tommy uh, amongst the tombstones. Well, shalom. You know, it's one of them <laughs> things. Uh, shalom. Lachaim shalom. Um, it's it's a crazy time for a lot of people, but thanks for for making the time to be here with us. And everybody, before he gets up, before Ben gets off here, uh, please go check out his stuff on YouTube. You know, um, I've watched a few, and I'm very impressed with what they do. I love him being a skeptic. I I implore many of you to be a healthy skeptic, meaning that you're not the pseudo skeptic that your mind's already made up. You're just going to go into a thing, and you know God comes down and punches you in the nose, and you're like, no, that wasn't God. I think my brain was playing tricks because I had a drink before I came here. It's just one of them things, man. Be a healthy skeptic. Always ask questions. Constantly ask questions. Um, you know, scientific method, man. I got the board here somewhere. It's way back in the corner over there. And I tell people, this is what I operate on first. And then I kind of go from there. You know, I go from there. But thanks for joining us. Everybody, please make sure. Tell you one last time. Unrestrictedradio.com. You know what it is, right? You're listening to us right now, Sunday night, Saturday, Sunday night. You're hearing us. You're hearing me and Ben on this network. It's a free download app for your phone, which means you can Bluetooth us and you can hear us in your car, on your phone, your earbuds, whatever you got some sort of signal or phone signal, you can hear us on that network. It's also a music, uh, you know, based network. We have music on there 24 seven with a lot of other DJs and shows that play rock music, punk music, grunge music, uh, rap music, metal music. If you can think of the music, uh, my friends, tomb of Nick cage, you'll hear them on my program quite often. Uh, we were hoping they were going to come up with us this year, uh, to be at ghost around, but unfortunately they're not able to make it, but rest assured, I got some, I got plan B. So everybody just hold your breath. Uh, but check out their music. Um, unrestrictedradio.com. It's a free app. Tell your friends, your neighbors, even the family members you don't like, because this is how you fix bridges. Because uh, if they're in the music, you can give them some great music. It's a local scene. Uh, Hendersoncastle.com. Henderson Castle is uh, just a beautiful place. Gunbarrelcoffee.com. Uh, and and last but not least, go check out the Midwest Parahistorical Society on YouTube. Uh, also, Southern Michigan Paranormals. That would be my group. We've been a group actively for going into 17 years now. I say 16, but it's about 17. Um, you know, 287, 88 investigations. Just silly, silly ass shit. Uh, please go check us out on Facebook. And again, go check out Ben. You've been listening to Unrestricted Paranormal. Uh, go to www.unrestrxtdparanormal.com. That's how you spell it. I couldn't get the regular spelling, all right? Don't send me hate mail. Uh, I, I had to do what I had to do. It's Unrestricted Paranormal. It's uh, www.unrestrxtdparanormals, all one word, dot com. Uh, ben, thanks for being here. We will catch the rest of you on the, the backside. And here's how I close each show. Uh, everybody keep your eyes to the sky and happy haunting. 
And if you cannot be kinder and smarter, please be quieter. Please.